It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's, What's up? up? What's, What's up? up? What's up? Welcome in. It is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, Brandon Linton, of course, from Ramshead Live. Uh, I meant to have this prepared and I didn't. Oh, it's episode number 36. That's what I meant to say. It's episode number 36 in honor, of course. Of the rightful 24-7 champion regaining his belt for the 36th time. Of course, R-Truth claiming the belt again this week. A um, lot to do on this week's show. Uh, had hoped that AJ might be able to do this week, but uh, I some other WWE stuff going on. That's all right. We understand. Um, he sent us his picks for In Your House, so we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, later on in the show, we're going to be joined by Caprice Coleman of Ring of Honor. And as I was talking to Caprice earlier today, I said, I think the um, the easiest way for me to explain what we want to talk about is that uh, we're idiots. We are dumb, dumb people, and we are not qualified to speak on the moment that exists in the world right now because we are, we're just big stupids. That's what we are, um, which I, I don't think either of you will be offended by me using those terms, no. correct? Um so us big stupids need someone who can help explain it to us a little bit better. And Caprice uh, is someone who we've had on before and um, is awesome. And, and he totally understood that. And so I'm looking forward to catching up with Caprice a little bit later on in the show. Um, and again, that being said, obviously everybody knows what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, we're going to do our show because that's it's, I, the comparison I made this week on uh, my sports show was like, if you're a plumber, you've got a plum. Like, that's the way that it works. We're going to do our show, but none of us are uh, obtuse enough to think that there aren't more important and pressing issues that face us than what we hate about pro wrestling this week and the fact that once again, AEW built the show around Co- – never mind. Um, We're not starting there this time. Oh, we'll get there, I'm sure. We'll get there. We're not starting there. We'll get there. <laughs> Um, yes, we understand that there are far more important things, and so um, that's why we wanted to make sure that we uh, we covered that during the course of today's program. All right, uh, do we want to do picks first, or do we just want to get into the week that was, and then we can do picks? Let's do the week that was first. Okay, yeah. okay. What do you care about from the week that was? Let's let's start. Uh, with there's Smackdown. one glaring thing. Well, yeah. there, there's I two mean, glaring uh, things to me that are both related, which are both uh, well, let's just say two right. questionable storylines by Bro, WWE. I, I am not nearly as worked up about this as you guys are. I, I'm not. I think it's like I was a little bit. I was a little bit shocked by it at first, um, and and I'm still surprised by it. But I'm not as worked up, and I don't. I, I, I'm not as up in arms about this as I think maybe some people are. I, obviously, you're talking about the Jeff Hardy thing from SmackDown. Um, I'm surprised it would be something, and I I think when I say I'm not as worked up about it, I don't think it's not callous in some sort of way. I don't think it's end of the world i don't think it's 
I I get it. It's 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 weird. It's really distasteful. <sighs> the odd thing about all this is, I also I also think it's probably his idea. I, I'm sure. It, well, at least he's he's yeah, on I, board. Right. I don't know if it was. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I, this is a weird thing for me, right? I feel like I would feel more strongly about that if, like, there would be no way I'd be okay with it if Jeff Hardy had hurt someone else at some point um, in his life because of these actions. If that had been the case, I would not be okay with this. I I don't want to make drunk driving seem trivial in any way. It's not. Um, I've spoken before about the fact that I have been busted for drunk driving when I was a young man, and I am fucking grateful that I was because I probably could have hurt myself or someone else, and I paid a price for it, and and I'm, you know what I learned? Not only would I never drunk drive again, but ultimately I got to the point where I don't drink anymore. Um, and not that I ever had an alcohol problem. I didn't. I just happened to go out one night and got drunk and got behind the wheel of a car, and I'm glad that they caught me. I remain grateful to this day that they caught me. I don't want to be dismissive of drunk driving. I don't I don't I don't know why this did not this was not as offensive to me. This was shocking in like that way that sometimes we want things to be shocking. Um I does it cr- would you would you obviously feel differently about it if they had used someone else centrally in the story? I would I mean part of the problem is I think it's just a bad storyline. Like that's a, to me a big part of the problem is that this isn't a good storyline using bad, you know, using the wrong people. This is a bad storyline that is probably made worse because Jeff Hardy is involved. I don't. I, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a bad storyline necessarily. I don't think you need to do the alcohol part of it. That's the storyline, though. Yeah, that no, is... but I mean, the guy getting hit by the car storyline sure, is but fine. That, but... But the big part of the storyline is that presumably Seamus is framing Jeff Hardy for drunk driving. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They wouldn't do this unless it was someone who had a reputation. Like, it doesn't work if you just randomly accuse someone of drunk driving. Like, they're doing it because of his reputation. This is the weird part to me, right? This This is why I framed the question the way that I did. The only part of it that works to me is it is sort of shocking and different. I don't know that I agree with you that it's a bad... There is only so much you can do in front of no crowd. And if this is is Rusev and Lashley and they have Lashley... Or, you know, you go back to that. You have Lana frame Rusev for drunk driving or something. Like, is that a good storyline? No, I, no, because Rusev doesn't have a history right, of this. Like, it doesn't make sense. The, the, this, I, this at least makes sense. The idea kind of works for me because you are drawing into something that everyone knows is a real life thing. And See, obvious- I don't think this is bad. I think it's just distasteful. I think it's both. That's really I really weird. do. I, I, I think there's some slight distaste to it, but I, I, again, I feel, I feel differently about it because it was victimless than I would if there had been another person that had been a victim in the process. And at the same time, um, I, I do think... It also depends on where else it goes. Because, like, I go back to, like, the Jerry the King Lawler, Jake the Snake dumping the liquor on. Like, that. that is not okay. Like, I, I've, I've never thought that was okay. Like, they didn't have to use real liquor. Like, that's the kind of thing where you're taking advantage of an addict. I don't think this is, like, that bad. You know what I mean? 
Well, we had, um, we had none of let's, let's, let's assume there. that the, let's assume that the we're, we're showing up this week, and if this is not it, it's insane because what are we doing with this thing? No, no, the no, hacker is no. going to reveal who's who's behind this. We understand that, but there's a big difference between drawing close to something um, or writing something real life into storyline and what Brandon's alluding to, which is having alcohol around an addict. You know, like um, n- no one was offended. When Chris Jericho was using beer in his storyline with CM Punk, who clearly wanted nothing to do with alcohol whatsoever. Um, And in a way, I think that's far more of a transgression than this would be. Like, this is simply alluding to something in a storyline that we don't like about someone's personal life, right? Like, I don't know what the actual transgression is here. Is the transgression that we're never allowed to allude to anything in real life, I, I'm just, I feel like it's something that's shocking, and that's the only reason why it works, is because it's shocking. Like, we're shocked that WWE would do this, but I think we're right. missing, like, it's a where there's smoke, there's fire thing. I don't know what the actual problem is. Well, I guess here's, here's, I guess, I, I want to ask this. If it, if the storyline is, Jeff Hardy was drunk driving and ran into Elias, does that change it? I probably it probably would change it. I don't think that that would be something that I would be comfortable with them doing. But my assumption is that's not what they're doing. Right. I mean, I, I, right. Seamus is an asshole, so that's why it's okay. Right. I mean, like Seamus is. A you're, sim- you're you're using. I, I, you know, it goes back to the you know the last call Scott Hall or the stuff with Hawk with that. It's not something we should no, be joking no, 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 about. No, no, and, no. and by and I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it's the same thing. Hold on, hold on. But because and and this almost. I'm not going to say makes it worse because it's Sheamus, but you're almost using it as a punchline that, oh, look, this guy's going to frame this guy because of it. It's not, you know, that's I know what Jeff, an asshole would do. I, I have this problem. Would it, have you ever had heard of a person framing somebody for drunk driving before? Well, you have to remember we're in wrestling here. I know okay? we're in for, wrestling, all, but, no, but, but, well, but you're turning it into a, and that makes it work. You're turning it into a surrealist almost no, but we Hang on a second. We have absolutely heard of plenty of things where somebody knows that someone else has a reputation and they use that to try to get their advantage. That's happened yes. throughout the history of time. Sure. But, but, hold on. So here's, here's the point I want to make. I have this conversation all the time with people that get offended by movies or TV shows and subjects that are brought up in those things. And I think it's absurd whenever whenever you have a villain who's doing the thing, right? It, or it's it's not that we're you're not glorifying something, you know, that that is bad about that you're not taking advantage of someone's downfall. You're showing a villain do it. So those are two different things. Like, like t- literally taking advantage of of a downfall of a person s- versus depicting an asshole doing it as part of a story. I'm completely fine with that. You know what I mean? I mean, at first, when I first saw this, I was like super like turned off by it. But but then like sort of the as the show went on and I finished the show, I was like, okay, like we need to talk about this. And and I think a lot of people have a problem with it. Obviously, you know, we've seen Twitter kind of blow up and Matt Hardy wasn't very thrilled with this and his wife wasn't very thrilled with this. But like at the same time, if Jeff, if this is his idea, it bothers me a little less, A. And B, I can separate fiction from, from reality. And I think that we do, it's okay to depict things that aren't great in a way well, that's right, like the bad I, guy is but saying I would, I would, is doing I would, the thing. You know? I would go a step further than that, which is like nobody thinks it would be okay if the Jeff Hardy character came out today and said, guys, I'm super into drunk driving. Like right, even right. even though we know 
wrestling isn't real and the Jeff Hardy character is different than the Jeff Hardy real person, we would be able to say, no, that's definitely way across the line. Like, you can't do that, even in a like scenario. Like, if he would apologize and then, like, get caught doing something again and that's the story. I mean, like, like, like the, la- the last way. Co- the last call Scott Hall character. Yeah, if, if they did that, I'm the way the other way on this. This but this feels like a thing where it's it's close to something, so we feel like we're supposed to be offended by it. But what we actually saw and where we again we assume it's going to me isn't that. And again, it goes back to it is shocking. It's shocking because we don't expect them to even dance around it within storyline. But yet at the so same here's, here's the other thing. I, I am a little scared about how, if they do, how they're going to explain him laying in the bushes or whatever. Well, um, I, I assume it's going I mean, to he can be, be that Seamus beat him right, up. Right, he was and, attacked by Seamus. No, but like, the reason I say I'm concerned is hopefully it's that and not uh, Seamus drugged him. Or, you know? I mean, I would, I I would mean there, There's certainly. the other part of this with the cops immediately arresting him and not asking any witnesses. Right. Like, there's that problem <laughs> yes, as but well. But that's pro wrestling. But that's a secondary problem. But, that, but again, and also that's part of pro wrestling. Well, I, I'm like, just saying, at this time in particular, I mean, fine. Not a great look. Fine. Well, okay, he's white. I mean, like, it's not quite the same thing. Did you see, um, did you see um, CM Punk's tweet about. I, I didn't even notice this until I read his tweet, but, like, the cop picks up, like, an unopened beer bottle. <laughs> And he's like, like, this smells like well, beer. And, you know, didn't bother doing a breathalyzer. Apparently was was clearly fine enough to be released in an hour. I mean, again. <laughs> it's not a great look for the cops. Let's be honest there. Or, or or they realize within an hour they had it wrong, and we just haven't gotten that part of the story yet, right? Like, which we could still get this week. Now, to what you alluded to on Twitter last week, I do agree. I think it would have been better for the hacker to have been involved at the end of last week's show. I think that would have been a better way to go about doing this. But I, I don't know, man. I am just not nearly as offended as other people are because I don't. I think that what you think they're doing is not what they actually did, and it's merely an illusion to something, and I don't have a problem. Now, again, I reserve the right. Like, if this week they, they do something that goes in a different way, I, you know, we can talk about it then. But I just don't think that's what happened here, and I think that it's, again, weirdly to me, why it actually works is because they 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 walk that fine line of something that's shocking that we don't expect because it's so close to real life, but yet it didn't dance over into being a real-life problem that I walked away from it saying this this one actually worked for me in the context of what it is they're trying to do right now. They created something that became an overarching storyline. Um, I'm not saying that everything like there's there's a line afterwards where like it it's it's sheer stupidity for Daniel Bryan to be rooting for more matches. Like there's there's plenty of of other issues that go beyond that. But as far as just dancing around this, I did not have the feeling that you had. To to me, my biggest. I, I don't know my biggest problem, but I, I just I don't think it's a good storyline. I, I think that it it's I, you know I think best case scenario you you have the hacker show up and then that's it that's it's a kind of a one episode arc thing and I I don't think it was good enough to justify it. But you're painting Seamus as being a truly evil person. I I understand that. I, mean, I understand I that. I think that's I would better. Be surprised if Corbin's involved too. But what I would say is I think that's better. It's better storytelling than we've had in some time. Like, I just need to be honest about this. I, if you say it's a bad storyline, uh, 
I don't know what the context is in comparison to what else they've been doing. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, this is as about as good as they've had in recent memory. Um, I, like in the context of some perfect world where we're doing great storytelling, I maybe. But like, have you been watching the programming of late? <laughs> I mean, okay, if we're setting the bar that any sort of storyline is a good storyline, like... I mean, dude, that have you been watching? <laughs> I, I mean, but that, that's basically what you're arguing is. There is a storyline involved, which is better than pretty yes! much anything they ever do, because that's, there is a storyline involved. That's literally and what I I'm saying. I can't argue that. You can't. I can't argue that. This is what we've got. We've got nothing. We've got a big ball of nothing, and they did something. And in context, that's something, again, while weird and shocking and, and kind of catching us off guard a little bit, to me, ultimately, was about as good as they've done of late. I mean, like, particularly for something that doesn't have a title around it, too. Well, te- I mean, that, so that's two stars. Technically, right? it does have a title involved, right? Like, why? Has, why? Well, they incorporated. Well, it was around the Intercontinental title. Yeah. No, but but Sheamus and Jeff Hardy have nothing to do with the title. Well, they were yeah, involved with the tournament. The tournament. Got knocked out of the yeah. tournament. The whole reason it happened was to knock right. Jeff Hardy out of the tournament. Right, but like going forward, this. If you're saying that ultimately the Sheamus Jeff Hardy match isn't for the belt, yes, you're right. Uh, Correct. It it does create another storyline. It's a storyline that they took from the tournament to take people away from the belt. Right. Right. And somebody would say in response, "Well, you shouldn't have to go this far with that." Well, maybe, but like, it. I I didn't. No, but I'm okay with that. It's like what they do in the Royal Rumble sometimes, right? I'm, I'm. I I really I come away from it saying I'm good with this. I. I didn't. Not only did I not think it was a negative, I gave this a plus. Like this was one of the I'm better good parts. With it, but I'm concerned about where it could go. Like yeah. I'm a, I'm a if, little worried about. Find, what if yeah. next week starts with someone going through Jeff Hardy's bag and finding drugs yeah. in the back of those planted there? It, I mean, and, and I, I, I pretty much think that is what's going to happen. I think there's a wouldn't big, shock me. I think there's a far bigger difference from you saying drugs because they were planted there, right? Like I, I think that you have to tell that story. But I think if it all surrounds Shane... Like, is it, is it going to open with uh, the referee saying that he failed his drug test? I mean... <laughs> it's all in how you tell the story, man. It really is. If all of this is about Seamus being evil, I'm going to feel differently about it. If, if it's trying to walk a fine line and incorporating Jeff Hardy's personal problems into his actual character, uh, I probably wouldn't enjoy that. I probably would be opposed to that. But if you're doing more things to try to further make the Seamus character evil, I, I think that's good storytelling. I do. I just do. I think if somehow, you know, Seamus is that dastardly, I, at some point it probably gets too over the top and, and then you end up being bored by it. But if you're just trying to make Seamus dastardly to make him a greater heel, I'm I'm probably going to be all right with that. Like, I'm probably going to walk in and say, yeah, if that's if that's the story you're telling. And again, you have to tell that story, right? You didn't get to that part. Um, on last week's episode, you have to tell that story uh, moving forward. So we'll see. And again, I'll, I'll reserve the right. If that's not where they go and they go a different direction, I'll react to it then. And if your fear is that this is WWE, they're always going to F it up. I hear you. I mean, I do. <laughs> I do hear you on that. Yeah. I, I completely get it. And, and that but, might be actually, you know what? That might be the biggest thing is that I, I don't want WWE going near here because I know what's going to happen. <sighs> I mean, you keep saying you know what's gonna. I don't. I'm not. I'm, okay, I, let's put it this way: history is behind my hypothesis. I mean, on what's you're, going what to you're referring to are things that happened a really long time ago, man. Like, I, I think that's a little. Look, trust me, I'm somebody that, you know, I, I I play into what they do regularly is what they're gonna do. But I try to draw on things that have happened 
far more recently than than what you're alluding to with Scott Hall. Like that is an eternity ago. It's like 20 years ago. Yeah, yes. I, and I'm not saying that, again that it makes it impossible. But it's way different than me saying, hey, they're not going to have good women's storylines because literally every month of my life they haven't had good women's storylines, including, you know, two weeks ago. Like, this is saying, hey, something that happened decades ago is proof that they're probably going to go the wrong way with this. And I'm... When's the last time they danced around some, you know, they, as you said, they kind of towed the line and towed the line well well, on anything. Well, they haven't tried in much of anything. Like, they, I mean, I, I, you know... Uh, the Edge Matt Hardy thing. Obviously, they did. Um, I thought I thought the Punk thing was done well, for the most part. I mean, for the most part, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I I think that there is exam. Didn't, are- didn't Punk do the same thing with Jeff Hardy too? Nah, not, not really. He didn't. He didn't do anything. Like he he referred yeah, to in the promos, problems, right? But like he, he didn't did, really bring it into. He it. referenced it in promos, but he didn't really like go as far. There weren't like skits involved or no. But Jericho was like that. dumping beer on CM. Yeah. Ge- well, yeah. Jericho right. definitely. You know. Oh, you straight edge bastard! Here, take some alcohol. Right. Like that was and 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 again, on a regular basis, like every week he would hit him with a beer or whatever. And, and the argument I would make is, and because it's not an addiction, it's not the same way. But like based on CM Punk's belief system. System, I would find that to be more distasteful, but yet he was particularly on... the one where he made him drink it. That was bad, right? Which we all like, know. Uh, what, we all know it wasn't actually beer, and you know what I mean. Well, like, we sure, all, right, sure, We all understand right. that. Um, but again, they, I don't know. Just dancing up to something. I, I just, I am not as trepidatious. I am not as opposed to it. I think right now, I, I hate saying it's about as good as we've got, but the truth is, it's about as good as we've got, and it didn't cross the line for me. If that changes. I'm happy to have that conversation um, at that yeah. point moving forward. You, you mentioned it briefly, but I, I don't really like Daniel Bryan be the dumbest person on the planet. Yeah, I, I didn't care for Well, that. there's one of two things. Either he's the dumbest person on the planet or AJ has all the power in the company. And neither one really works for me that well. Well, I, I think they didn't quite get there. And why is Adam Pierce were... a character? <laughs> that that's kind of weird but they um, did it randomly like a month and a half ago and then nothing for you know maybe well, even he, sh- longer he showed ago. up on raw too like, <laughs> right, right. He's, he's barely commissioner of both shows but um the, by the I way that that, that is a they, problem we and we do need to like that that is a problem when like, they don't even say on air who that who is. is or like, why i mean that really well you. well it's part of the problem in that you know so AJ got traded for SmackDown. Who traded him and why? Right. But like that—that's part of the. You know, it's it's. I I know, and and usually I'm the one complaining that the commissioner or leadership role or whatever, you know, it just isn't done well anymore for the most part. But you need to have someone around for situations like this. And what did Raw get since Matt right. Riddle's going to SmackDown? Right. Exactly. Well, they, you couldn't even make the argument that they said, like, oh, we gave up our pick so we could get this guy from NXT or whatever. We traded like, for the number one pick. Right. Yeah, no. whatever bullshit you would make up. But they didn't even make up any bullshit. There it's all part of the problem. All part of the problem, no question. Yeah. The Daniel Bryan thing, they didn't quite... They, they, alluded to it he alluded to it at one point but they didn't really hammer home the point like if he had said i want to give these guys a chance i want to give jay uso and chad gable and these guys a chance do you know to get in that's less stupid and more you know still stupid but her- heroic baby face he did kind of say that right to yeah, jay he, uso he's like you deserve a chance yeah he teased it but they didn't really hammer home that point and i think they should have hammered home that point because i think that would have answered it it would have helped. <laughs> I mean, it definitely. Uh, like, it's not hard. Just make AJ Styles fight too. Like I don't understand why that. Why it was like, yeah, he could do whatever he wants. 
Oh, you want a match? Okay. Like, what? Like, I mean, oh. I guess, and, and here's the other thing. What they should have done was have Sheamus destroy Daniel Bryan, because then at least that goes into what we're going to see this week, which, you know, hypothetically you could play into that. Oh, let's say AJ Styles wins. Well, he won because he didn't fight last week. He had that extra rest. Something like that. Well, because I don't think that's going to happen. I think that... No, right. Like, they, they didn't really <laughs> we'll tell the story that Daniel Bryan's going to be exhausted next week. No, I think... I, yeah, I think that kind of telegraphs where they're going with that. But uh, maybe it's just me. I, I, I mean, Daniel Bryan's winning that match, oh, I think. I assume so. Well, yeah. I my question is, why is... Uh, you know, it's the same thing as with the money in the bank. Why is AJ Styles involved if he's not winning? I have I have a guess on that one. Are you, okay. are you asking kayfabe or reality? Reality. Reality, Daniel Bryan said, I want to fight AJ Styles. I think it's as simple as that. And then they they threw him into this. Um, I mean, from what I understand, he's pick, calling his shots. Maybe, or or they just thought that there was juice and Daniel Style or Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles working. But they're together. not even doing it at a pay per view. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. Like that, that's my well, problem. I, but we don't. That, but okay, we don't. Sure. But we are like, also living in this world where we don't know what matters more to them right now. Whether I, this is okay. fucking payback. I have a prediction. That's, that's I have a prediction about this. I think you're gonna get like a double count out or something. To do it again, um, maybe. Yep. I mean, like that. It would be. It would be. By very the way, okay, do it five times. Right. You know? it, there would be logic behind that, but I, I, we are still in the hey, ratings sucked. You know, like world for a while, and so yeah. what can we do in order to try to to push ratings, particularly? And, for and Fox? in that in that case, I think you put the belt on AJ and you have Daniel Bryan chase. It would you make could. more sense. It would definitely, you and know, he, and he cheats like, yeah. Hey, play it back. Have AJ kick Daniel Bryan in the balls. There we go. You got to play it back, right? I, I mean, th- I mean, that I, would I be pretty smart. It would be great. It would be smart. It would be great, and it would, you know, like those two matches were a little disappointing because they were so much about uh, developing the Daniel Bryan heel character that we didn't get, you know, that all-time classic that we wanted out of it. This is your chance to get that. Right. And, and the, the other funny thing is, how how do they continuously fall into um, the gift of having a Daniel Bryan storyline that obviously no one's really thought of, but it's just sitting there for the taking? Like like they did with The Miz seven years later or three years later, however long it was. Now they're sitting here with this other side of the AJ Daniel Bryan thing. Like if they're if they're smart enough, well, you, there's totally a story there. Well, to because tell. because part of it is that Daniel Bryan is so good that there's it just works, right? Like and, and they, everything that Daniel Bryan yeah. does is memorable. So yeah. we have these little things that we can call back on. Right. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, okay, what else from main programming this week? Do we count NXT as main programming? No, I figured we'd save that for whenever we do our picks. Okay, that's fine. Um Main programming. Not a lot happened. Let's I mean, be honest. It, this is. And, well, and I, I hate saying this. Like this is. But th- this is what I said last. This is payback last season. This is where you get where. And that's again why, in a weird way, I kind of liked what they did last week on SmackDown because it was something that felt like it mattered and it was different and and was I don't know like Raw this week was fine. I I like Kevin Owens and Apollo. I you know I didn't. I don't like weird promo, weird pre-match yeah. promo in that. Yeah, I mean, weird. Yes, not great. Freaking match until the end. Right. I mean, it's Apollo and Kevin Owens. I mean, I holy I, shit. Right. I want more of that in my life, but <sighs> Alistair Black and Seth Rollins is pretty good too. Don't, great match. Don't disagree. Don't disagree. <laughs> like, it's just, it it, just. But it's one of those great matches. Where are we going with it? It just all sort of feels like it's meandering. Here's, 
so here's what yes i agree with you but there are a couple bizarre things going on here like alistair black's idol is Rey mysterio (laughs) i know that they're mostly talking about humberto when they say that but they're, they're I have saying, no problem with that. I, I think anybody under 210 pounds can say their idol is Rey Mysterio. I agree. No, with him, right, but when they're, what, what's the Aleister Black part? Right, I'm saying Aleister Black, he moves. He's under he's 210 under, pounds? He's not a big guy. He's definitely oh, not he big. Looks big. Uh, I mean, by the way, but he moves like a cruiserweight. Like, it's very reasonable to say that anybody who isn't, you know, a big guy looks up to Rey Mysterio as an idol. That's not, worth, that's it, not a ridiculous What about the guys that he's fighting? They list him. They list Black at 215, for what it's worth. Okay, there you go. But I, I'm just... It's it's a little weird. It's just like... It's... it's Like, what? I don't know. Like, Humberto, they've told that story, right? Like, he's said that from the beginning. He's... That Rey Mysterio is his favorite wrestler. He wants a team with him, all this stuff. Then Aleister Black is just there. I don't know. It's a little weird for me, Man, it's but too, whatever. I mean, he, needs a, he needs a friend. Alistair Black needs something on TV to do. Like if, I, it's, it's fine. Is it it's weird that the two of them are being thrown together? I guess. I don't disagree with that. It's not inherently weird that Alistair Black would look up to Rey Mysterio because it's not inherently weird that any professional wrestler um, a, around right. you know 35 or younger would look up to Rey Mysterio. I mean, like that's that, that part of the story isn't weird. Is it weird that you're sort of kind of throwing those guys together just because... This is what we've got. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, it's weird. Sure. But. And, and and like you know, the thing we always talk about. There's a, a locker room full of people that probably do too. But this is the only guy who's going to run out and do something about it. Yeah, um, probably. But um, and then uh, the dominant. Since we're talking about that, is Dominic getting involved here, and in what way? Oh, for sure. I mean, we in see- what way? Well, I, mean, I would it, like him to join the Seth Rollins. Yeah, so would I. Yeah, I think that would be the that, greatest, but that I would don't make count on sense. it happening. But it should. But I, there's so much here. We've we've thought that Dominic was becoming part of a storyline a few times, and at some point they either have to pull the trigger. Or it's pointless to keep bringing him on TV, right? Like, what are we doing? So it does feel like this time you kind of have to. And yes, I do think the most the the thing that makes the most sense is to have him turn and, and join the faction. Um, I I still think there's a question as to whether or not, like, do they believe that Dominic is a full-time WWE performer now or sometime soon? And we really haven't had that question answered yet. Um, if it's just sometime soon, then this is okay because he doesn't have to pull correct, the workload. Correct. He can just come out with these guys. Correct. It, it's kind of the perfect thing right but it it sort of has to be sometime soon right like why introduce him if you still think he needs to go through your developmental system and like why why do this if that's how you feel about him so although i will say there's plenty of examples of them doing that in the past where they they see a role for someone who might not necessarily be ready for prime time they come fulfill that role, and then they go back to developmental but, for you know the Spirit Squad. Right, but we, but we did that a year ago with Dominic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, but he hasn't wrestled. He I, hasn't. I understand. You know, what I'm saying is, like, if you're going to do this again a year later, it better be because he's close. It better be because you think. Yeah, he's, you're right. Or, like, you can't or, keep or doing the other, a cup of coffee every six months. Correct. Or the other thing is, Rey Mysterio really is almost done, and this is the last chance. I mean that's possible too. I mean that's also that, that's, possible. That's the other. That would be the reason to bring him now if they think he's still. You know, if, if Dominic is still three, four years away, but they think Rey Mysterio isn't lasting that long. That's the reason. 
Um, you know, I, I, I struggle with that. It, it certainly seems like Rey Mysterio is the type that's probably going to be wrestling a decade, or if not longer than that from now. But I, I hear you. It's possible that he's decided that. If that's the case, I get it. I get it. Um, anything else from main programming? Charlotte can't take a loss again. I mean, I, is that surprising? No. Okay. Like. I, I'm just, I, you know, it just kind of sticks out. I get like a perfect time for a no contest or a, you know, something. And now, of course, she has to win. Of course. <laughs> like, yeah. Of like, course she does. <laughs> That's the way it works. I, I'm not surprised by this. I don't know. Uh, also, Oscar Charlotte match was excellent. Yeah, man, I disagree. It was a good match. Um, we don't do match of the week anymore. I guess I don't know when we stopped doing that, but um, I guess I would still probably say it was the Alistair. It would have been the Alistair match if we were making a match of the week. Um, also, I know that you guys say it doesn't matter every time I point it out. They continue to protect Alistair Black. I mean, it's not. I I I hope it's. It, beca- I hope there's a reason for it. That it, I mean, it is a th- pattern. They don't let him take un- losses, and when he does, it's like three people beat him up. Unlike the thing I said earlier, there are plenty of examples of people that they seem to be protecting for a while, and then just never did anything with after that. Like I hope that I I hope that you're alluding to something that is meaningful, but. I, I just I have no idea. I have no idea if that's going to be the case. And it's it's hard to see a path for him at this moment. Right, but. and and, th- and that's the thing is yeah. Unless someone's turning, or unless Angel Garza is winning the IC title, and you're going into that or the US title, like which is all plausible, but that's still down the road a ways. I mean, if it were me, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him beat someone like Randy Orton or something like that at SummerSlam. Um, or, or, or someone of that, like, give him a real win. You know, I mean, Rollins could be the answer, uh, too. So I, I'd like to see him get a win or two and maybe a title match of some kind, whether it's IC or US or what, I don't know, whatever the fucking show he is on or goes to yeah, or U- US, like whatever yeah, assuming we're doing. Thing, assuming things, assuming he doesn't get traded, which might happen. Well, he's still, any th- day. We still have three, uh, whatever the fuck invitational <laughs> things to, to do, right? Two or three or something. Uh, who the fuck knows? <laughs> there's a couple. There's. They can there's, just make it up. They can. They can, they can make say, it up. Oh, bonus! They get a fifth one. And oh look, someone's traded. And oh look, there's a draft. And oh look, the guy signed a new contract or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Like <laughs> correct. Or we just create. Or the all the rules that we told you exist. We're just gonna pretend a week from now they don't exist. Like that's just something they could be capable of doing. Um, let me let me touch on a couple things quickly here because I I wanna I wanna do something um, in just a couple of minutes. One, um, as far as Matt Riddle is concerned, he show or he's now on SmackDown. We know that's the place for him. Uh, uh, Kurt Angle is says Kurt that Kurt Angle going to be his manager. Well, he says he, he was said offered no. the okay. opportunity to be his manager and declined um, okay. that opportunity to be his manager. Good. Probably good. I frankly don't think that Kurt Angle makes a good manager to begin with. Right. Like, I just no. I just don't think that's... He, he the... couldn't talk last time we saw him on a regular basis. This is not his role, <laughs> which is sad because, you know, he was a great talker. Um, so is Mick Foley, and I don't want to see Mick well, Foley much I anymore mean, here's, either. Here, here's my biggest issue with it. I, I'm glad he did it because Matt Riddle can fucking talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we don't need anyone talking for him. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I am... You know, I, Matt Riddle's amazing, and I hope that they believe that he is truly a superstar. 
you know, this goes back to what we've been talking about. I, I'm nervous. I'll just remain nervous because, you know, why wouldn't I be? I guess the difference in Matt Riddle is, you know, for Vince McMahon, he has some mainstream credibility. Um, he has he he has more of a look than some guys have had. I I hope that Matt Riddle is given the opportunity to really go now that he's on SmackDown. We will see if that proves to be the case. I I just. <laughs> My, Boy, I don't know. my concern is, like, I, I think Riddle will be fine eventually. My concern is this was pressing a panic button, and for the next couple months, any of the call-ups, and, and from what we understand, this he's not going to be the only guy moving from NXT to Raw or SmackDown, um, that this is kind of the, oh, God, ratings are down, we got to do something to shake it up, let's get some of these guys up here, and we don't really have a plan for him right now. So, that's my it concern. It doesn't feel logical to me, though. Like... Who, who's saying, like, bring up the people from the show that does a third of the rating of SmackDown to increase the ratings? It's more, they're, saying, it's, they're saying these ratings are bad. You have to do something, something. differently. Yeah, it's just do something, yeah. essentially, is the, the, the thought process. Introduce somebody new. It's the same thing where, like, a TV show will bring a new character when ratings are struggling. That's not like we give a shit about the characters. We've never seen them before. They don't even have to be a, an actor that we're familiar with. It's just do something different. Um, is Got the it. Concept. Well, let me give you my number one fear. My number one fear is he's going to be bowling with the Street Profits next week. Well, and I know it's different shows. I'm saying something like that. He's going to be, you know, him and uh, for for him and his character, it's a reasonable concern that he's going to be turned into like a him joke. and Shelton Benjamin will be like uh, mini golfing next week or something. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't I know. I'm trying you. to think of someone who's on SmackDown. No, I, I get it. I get what you're saying, and I'm I'm nervous about it too. I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous about it. Um, a report from Brian Alvarez this week suggested that, uh, as we had wondered might be the case, that some of the talent that had been released uh, a couple months ago has been offered to come back, just at significantly smaller contracts to come back. Mm. Um, I don't really know. I, without knowing more of the details of this, I don't know what to say because I, there, there is still an issue. That's the lack of house shows. And so, at this point, anybody that's going to be signed presumably is going to be slated to make less. I guess the question becomes, like, are you being offered the opportunity to come back for a smaller amount, but that money can be made up at whatever point house shows return? Or are they saying, even if house shows return, this is all you can make? Because, like, you know, it's a fine line in what's evil versus what's, you know, sort of the realities of the circumstance. I have a third theory. Yes. And God help us, I, I'm not wishing this on us, but what if, because of what's going on, we know that television production is having major, major, major setbacks, drawbacks, delays, what if there's another show coming? Uh, for FS1, or for ESPN, or for someone, like... They you mean sold, like another another regular show, another like main event show. or something that they sold uh, main event to one of these channels because you know yeah, hey look we can make you more content we, instead yeah. of selling you all of our old pay per views for the next four months or however long because I'm telling you like what from what I'm reading all the stuff that everybody likes to watch that isn't a live like American Idol type show that shit is not going to come on when you think it's going to come on. Like they are way behind. Like I was seeing an interview oh, with the guys yeah. from better call Saul right. and like the studio, the studios that would have been shooting TV shows that were all shut down. 
have to figure out how to accommodate the shows that would have shot over the past three months, which is going to step on all the shows that should be shooting for the next three months no, or whenever t- they're allowed to open the again. The fall is supposed to it's, be a massive problem for production and television. There is going to yeah, be I mean, yeah. the, the fall a schedule. massive movie, massive television production issue. Yeah. Yeah, there is yes. there. I'm, I'm almost I you know there's almost going to be no fall original programming. Yep, and right. that's why I say, what if there's a Saturday night's main event? What I mean, if I, there's I'm not a- saying I don't think it's impossible. I don't. I don't think it's impossible that everybody turn to WWE and say, you guys are producing content, so let me get some of that. I mean, I I do we know that? No, we don't have anything right now. But um, it's it's cheap. It's, they it's can possible. make it all at the same time. Yeah, it's not going to cost them a lot of money. All right, they can. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying there might be something to that if they're coming back and they're like, hey, we need all these guys because we can't expect Daniel Bryan to wrestle three times a day. All right. You know. All right. I want to do something here. Um, As uh, the NAACP asked that today at 345 that everyone would pause for eight minutes and 46 seconds to reflect on the, uh, the death of George Floyd. And I want to participate in that as we are taping during that time frame this week. So we're going to do that right now and we're going to leave it in and we'll be back in just a bit here on Jobbing Out.
And I apologize. I think I said at the beginning of that that it was going to be 8 minutes and 45 seconds. It was actually 8 minutes and 46 seconds uh, that we wanted to do of uh, silence to reflect on the, uh, the life and the passing of George Floyd last week in Minnesota and the ongoing um, fight for, for, for justice in our country and particularly for the black community. So we appreciate you guys bearing with us. Um, I thought that was something very small that we could do uh, for this week's show, as obviously there is a far bigger issue that uh, continues to prevail throughout our country. It is jobbing out, uh, Glenn, Brandon, and Aaron. Um, you know, guys, we're going to talk to uh, Caprice Coleman in a minute. We still need to make our in-your-house picks. Before we do that, I guess we just have a minute here to try to talk about AEW from this past week. And I look, you know... I, we could have the same conversation that we've had eternally about them building an entire show around Superface Cody Rhodes. I, I somehow like as bad as it was one week, it continues to get worse. I, 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 I I'm. This is tough for me because I still feel very strongly about it, and it's not okay, and I really hate it, but. Like I, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm a, being a one-hit wonder a little bit, so I'm almost afraid to even talk about it when it occurs. You know, we acknowledge it's happening. It's, I don't know, want to say to their credit, but at least he didn't cheat this time. It's the bare great, great. minimum of how to get it better. Great. So at least he didn't cheat to win this time. Woo. Um, but he, for, for whatever reason, they thought it would be a pro. I mean, like, this is so over-the-top and embarrassing. Like... Built around this, like, you know, uh, this is the match. And no offense, like, I love Jungle Boy, and I think he's great, but they've done nothing. It was a solid match. But... Right, and it was that was what it was. It was a solid match, and they've done nothing to suggest that Jungle Boy was a top performer in the company at this point. Um, they had Cody Blade during the course of the match, which is embarrassing, frankly. Like, it's, it, it's the embarrassing length that we want to go to try to sell that Cody Rhodes is the baby face of all baby faces. And I, I just, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's, I hate the fact that it's turning me off towards a product that I really like otherwise a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I'm all in on this. On, on them just going all forward with it. I, I'm, I'm totally kidding. Okay. Um. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? No, it's weird. It's, it, there's this weird dichotomy for me, and I guess um, it's like the opposite of WWE. Like, like WWE, I guess we've, we've sort of been beaten to submission with a lot of the stuff that bothers us, so it doesn't bother us as much. Um, and with, with AEW, I feel like the things that bother me are real bad, but the things... But the good things are, are are real good. So it's like And I think I think that's the contrast. In WWE, a lot of times when we get into the bad cycle, it's a bad cycle on a bad show. Or it's, just, this, bo- it's just boring. It's not like or, or, bad, bad. It's just not but good. Yeah, it, you know? it's just it's it's that's happening, whatever. We're just gonna kinda overlook the entire show. But with this, there is a lot of good. It's just going you know contrasting with the I, really bad I, I think that almost makes it more like i'm holding them to a higher standard right now and because of that like this thing that's so bad is is dragging it back to mediocre for me like the, and, it, and part of us hold i mean i i, I don't want to speak for you but i think i might have a good idea i mean part of 
I've said this from the beginning, like part of us holding them to a higher standard is because that's what they say, right? Well, part We're of it, but also because... We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're going to be better than this. We're going to be better than that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely part of it. It's also, frankly, the, as to Aaron's point, so much is good. Yeah. That, like, you know, again, and if it's one bad thing that happens to be thrown in the middle of a show, like, okay, no problem. But when the worst part is the thing that you are obsessed with... It's the Shane are, McMahon thing from last year. Correct. It's it, 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 it is. It's, <laughs> That's a very good comparison. It's so Aaron. bad and it's so in my face that it makes me feel differently about the entirety of the product because of it. Like I can't escape how bad it is and how much you're forcing it upon me. Um I, I just can't get away from it. Um Look, I, the Nyla, you know, it's funny because we talked, you know, Brandon hated the women's match. The, dude, the match, the women's match this week was the bocce. I mean, it was horrible. Um, it, it was, I think Big Swole's good, but I'm starting to come around on um, the Nyla problems. Like, it, I, I can't believe, because it appeared as though this was not live, I, I can't believe that they just, ran with what they had. I mean, it was a really bad match. Well, I, was that not stand, live? I, yeah, it, I think it might have been. The, the and editing, I'm, and the I'm editing suggested it was Watch that match again. I think that you'll think it's worse than you thought at the time. Um, she's not good. I mean, it's a real problem. No, I mean, I, you know, she was, this was, this was horrible. I mean, this was, this was everything that you thought the one was before. And I, you know, maybe I go back and I would be more critical about it, but I, this was almost unwatchable how bad it was, and I... I, I, I have another problem with this, too. Yeah. Why the fuck is your champion with the scrubs in the front row? And, and you... You, like, you mean like, your I don't champion. understand this. She was, she was out there, not with the belt. She's just hanging out. And, and, like, we have set a precedent for who's out there, right? Like, Kenny Omega is not, really. not standing in the front row. That's not true. I mean, but MJF they, has. And, I was going to say, like, they've gone, they've put heels, people in yes. for a, pro, they've put Cody people in that standing a pro- out there in the front row has I mean, Hangman Page. But I mean, I, well, it, Hangman Page wasn't around, so. I'm just saying, the Young Bucks aren't standing out there. And they weren't around either. Like, they've, they've been, been there the, now for three weeks, two weeks. Okay, so for three weeks, they weren't standing in the front row. They're not like the I don't know. They they've had people coming in. Like is Moxley you know, standing out there. I feel like Moxley has been in the crowd for like a not a number one contender, but but something that has on the railing watching the match with a bunch of jobbers. I, look, I, I, I don't know. About I, don't it. Think I feel you like do they have. I feel it's like they weird. have put people in the seats when it's been I, relevant. I, to I, them. No, I think Brandon has a point. Now I think there's there's two different things here. I, one, I think you're right. I don't think that they have set the standard that any champions are in the crowd. Now I don't think it's the end of the world that they are necessarily. And I, as we've talked about last week, the way they're using their crowd is different than the way that W. They're using their crowd to further storylines and to to have people do their own stuff in comparison to WWE, who just wants the crowd to cheer when we tell you to cheer and boo when we tell you to boo um so i you know sadly to them this was what we wanted to get her on tv and this is the way we felt like we could do it and it's not all that different than a champion coming down to watch a match in any other level of programming right like that does happen constantly when two people in their division are fighting a champion comes down the ring to watch we're just used to them either going to commentary or sitting near the commentary table and the whole world is flipped up, flipped upside down well, right now and, and so and, yeah and their music plays and they walk out like right. a real star so I would, and they're not in their plain clothes right. and like 
where the camera pans over like, oh, look. Who, look. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. Um, it's a problem. Let, let's say if we can finish up. If there's any other AEW thoughts, we'll finish them up after we uh, talk to Caprice Coleman. That's what we're doing next. Uh, we'll grab a break, and then we'll talk to Caprice. Uh, I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. He's Brandon. This is Jobbing Out. Back in here on Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and... Uh, our next guest is one of our favorites. He's a return visitor to the show. He's somebody that you've uh, watched in Ring of Honor for a while now as a broadcaster, as a wrestler. Um, he's been part of the furniture for a bit. And uh, when, I, when I talked to him earlier and, and asked him if he would come on, I said, point blank, we're dummies. We're big stupids. And we cannot possibly explain this moment um, in, in a way that, that involves context and understanding. And uh, he was grateful enough, or gracious enough, to be willing to come on and help us out with that. He is the great Caprice Coleman from Ring of Honor, and he joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Caprice, it's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this week. And not a problem, man. It's an honor. Hey, man. Um, first of all, I, let me just touch base with you. As I feel like the last time that we had you on the show was before you had really moved into like a commentary role, and your career kind of evolved a little bit. Can you just paint a picture for us for like where you are right now at this point in your career, how, how satisfied you are, how happy you are with the things that you're doing? Well, I think at this point uh, in, in life, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have a job in professional wrestling, you know, mm. and then to still be doing what I love to do and to be able to make a living at it. And it's literally living a dream. And um, I, I'm, not, I'm still a wrestler. You know, but I mean, I'm not crazy. I'm 43 years old, and so to already have a good transition in place, um, I mean, how many people are lucky enough to walk into that? You know, you have a lot of NFL players and NBA players that come and go, and then once they're gone, they're gone. But only a few of them are able to trans, you know, transfer to commentary or to another position. You know, and I was blessed enough to be able to do that, so I'm grateful. And then I stay in shape just in case. I, I feel like I still have a few scotsplitters left in me. I hear you. I hear you. Was, 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 it, was color commentary always something that you were kind of looking at when you knew that you were going to kind of start going away from the ring a bit? Uh, actually, no. I, um, I, don't, I don't. It kind of fell in my pocket. I was shooting with different people and... I was asked to do commentary during the matches, and they was like, hey, you know, you're pretty good at this. And I was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And, um, I mean, I am a, a minister, so I'm used to speaking to people, you know, but I didn't know it would translate that, how well it would translate to commentary. And so when I had the opportunity to do so, it just, uh, it, it worked out that way. And then I believe they were very patient with me as well. I'm not going to lie, because it's not like I'm the greatest uh, color commentary that ever was, you know, uh, especially when I started out and for them to have enough patience with me to, you know, guide me along the way, even through my mistakes and to allow me to grow literally on camera, uh, in that field. I, I mean, there's a lot of patience that has to be involved in that. I feel. Does it, does it help that you have been around the company for so like, like you, you, in a way you're part of like the blood of ring of honor, right? Like has, has that helped in making the transition, that you know everybody and you've worked with all these guys and in making a transition like this that you can offer something that maybe a lot of people who are successful performers might not be able to offer to a company? Uh, possible. It's a lot of things that play into it. I mean, a lot of 
companies like to, you know, start from within before they go outside and give people a chance, you know. Um, and I believe I was given an opportunity, and with the opportunity I've given, I'm, I've been blessed to be able to hold on to the opportunity. So I, I, with anything that I've been given, with wrestling, managing, producing, with talent development, anything that I've given, I've always tried my best to, to give it 100%, you know. And, and I know I'm not the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, or the most athletic, or, you know, the hybrid and all this stuff, but I can tell a good story. You know, and I can read what's going on in the ring, and I've, I've had a lot of experience with wrestling to where I, I can bring out the character on television to where anybody listening can understand who this person is. You know, and I feel like the best uh, thing you can do to a wrestler is to explain his character enough to where somebody that would fit that genre understands who that person is and wants to adapt or be more like that person. If you could paint that picture, you know, on air, and somebody likes that person more because now they understand them, then I feel like I'm doing my job. And uh, a lot of times they say that, you know, your job or whatever your call is to do is whatever you're most frustrated, whatever you get more frustrated with. Hmm. <laughs> and, and I've had, like, you know, if you have a problem, if you see a problem, then it's, it's most of the time nobody else sees that problem. It's, it's your job to fix it, you know? And... And uh, I never had a per se problem with commentary, but I would notice in other companies that I've worked with, with the commentary, that I would be watching the match and going back to watch the match that maybe I got hurt in or something like that, and I'd go back and watch the match, and they're talking about everything but the actual match. <laughs> you know, other <laughs> stuff going on, or you'll have, you know, the, the, color, the color commentator putting yourself over, making itself seem great. You know what I mean? And I'm like, this is a time to where the guys are in the ring that are in the ring need to be expressed to the best they can, you know, that everything going on is understood. This is not a time to tell people how great you are when you sit behind a desk. You know what I mean? And and that's just, uh, that's been my nick, you know, uh, the ability to get the athlete over and, and not trying to get myself over. And I believe in that, through the grace of God, I've been able to keep the job. <laughs> What was that? Was that at all hard to transition? Because obviously, be, you know, when you're not behind the desk, your whole role is to get yourself over. And now you said it's to get everybody else. Was there at all a w tough transition in, in that role? Well, I've learned a long time ago that if you can make somebody look good, that's a whole part of the sport. You know what I mean? You, if you're in there and, and, and you destroy somebody, then they're like, okay, the person you wrestle with is nobody anyway. You know, so most of my wrestling career, I mean, you can attest, I, I spent making other people look good. <laughs> like, What's the name of this podcast? <laughs> like, <laughs> so it, it is what it is, you know what I mean? And so, uh, and so to be able to verbalize that and tell the story about it, you know, it, it just helps out. Caprice Coleman is with us here on Jobbing Out, of course, from Ring of Honor. Um, Caprice, this has been um, an unprecedented time in our history uh, these last couple of weeks, and we're seeing something that's truly real. And I've seen, uh, you know, it's funny because you and I talked earlier about how you've actually have run into some trouble uh, social media-wise these last couple of days. But um, I saw some of the things that you were posting, and I thought that you might be a person that could, could give this context for, for our white audience, right? that still doesn't fully grasp what's going on right now and the Black Lives Matter movement and the reaction to the death of George Floyd 
the murder of George Floyd. Can can you explain to us dummies what's happening right now and maybe how we can be better allies in this process? That's a great question, and um, I guess I'm going to answer exactly what you asked. Uh, and, and, it's, and, some, and to be honest with you, sometimes answering a question like this, uh, from my point of view, sometimes it's hard not to get emotional and to start putting feelings into it and, and trying to just stay to the facts. But what, what I will say, uh, from my understanding, uh, the main part of the, the Black Lives Matter movement is nothing new. You know, it's been around for a long time, a simple cry of not, you know, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. Because, of course, all lives matter, but I guess to make it plain and simple would be black lives matter, too. Because there's been a cry for years that in this country it's been proven over and over again that in the same situations, African Americans are not treated nowhere near the way uh, Caucasian Americans are. And, and it's to the point to where it's so comfortable that you can look at the cop that had his knee on uh, George Floyd's neck, how comfortable he was in killing that guy. You know, and, and I'm a wrestler, and I've also the MMA, boxing, and, and all uh, a, a lot of other uh, con- combat sports. And any time I have uh, an opponent in a position to where they're submissive or, you know, they're ready to tap, I know when they've had enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Something clicks, and it's like, okay, what you going to do now? Like, okay... Tap out, you know, and, and the person to verb, either verbalize, tap out, say, all right, man, I had enough, or they tap out, or, or whatever like that, or they pass out. You know, this guy was doing every single one of those to where I've seen other videos where uh, a cop would be in the same situation with his knee on the neck or whatever, and the guy would say that, and I saw a video where the, the his partner grabbed the knee of the cop and just slid it over. Just that simple would have saved his life. Just slid the knee over because... Basically, what they were trying to do was get control of this man, but there is no footage of the man ever resisting arrest. There's plenty of footage of him sitting down, being picked up, brought into a car. You, you know what I mean? Whatever happened in the car uh, that made them bring him back out and then put him down, I don't know. But that's not that to me is is the needle uh, kind of you no know, kind of the last straw because a lot of frustration in Black America is not the fact that just George Floyd. Because, to be honest, we were lucky to get that on film, lucky to get that recorded. And if you think about anybody that's doing Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, how hard it is to get something recorded that you want to put up. Mm. I mean, think about things that you wanted to record. Like, oh, man, it doesn't sound right. Let's do this one more time. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, it doesn't look right. Let's do that one more time. How lucky were we to get this on film, you know, or record it? And if you think about... Uh, even if you go to hip-hop, whatever like that, in the in the 80s, it came out, and it was kind of Mickey Mouse, you know, I'm going to the store, what you going to do? Everybody want to rock, you rock with me too, type <laughs> thing. But then, well, you know, whatever. And then, and then in the 90s, it, it kind of morphed into people telling their stories about what was really going on in, in the black communities. And you had the NWA come out, and they were voicing their opinions, and, and they were looked at so bad, like, oh, man, this music is so violent. You're going to make people hate cops. And, and all they were doing was telling a story. And they was like, well, this is what goes on in our neighborhoods every day. They're like, no, it's not. And stop telling people this. this. This is uncalled for or whatever like that. And then all of a sudden, videos start surfacing. 
to where the same stories that we've been talking about going on for years is now happening and people are seeing it and they're still doing nothing about it. <laughs> still doing nothing about it. The same cries that we've had for years, people are doing nothing about. And it's almost to the point now uh, in America, I feel, to where it's like, it's okay as long as you don't get caught. Hmm. I mean, if you think about the young man that was running through his neighborhood uh, a couple of months yeah, ago my. and got shot in the back. Yeah, think about mine. He was he was dead two months before that video went viral. When that video went went viral, then the, then the uh, the father and son that that killed this man were taken and arrested. But they were sitting in that house literally two and a half months before they were arrested. And the only reason why they were arrested because it went viral. Think about that, and think about the stuff that does not go viral, the stuff that does not get videotaped, and how lucky things have to be to get videotaped. And so our cry is not just the stuff that you're able to see. And we just thank God that you're finally able to see what we've been saying all along. This is nothing new and it's not happening more than it's ever happened before. It's just actually being recorded now. And it's a cry that we've made for years that's not been heard because I, I, I feel the reason why it's not been heard is because people, if you could take the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, a lot of people are wanting to get back to work and all. Uh, because they don't have anybody affected by this. And so the cry is, basically, if it, if it hasn't happened to me, it must not be real. This is like a government scheme or people trying to control us or whatever. But I can personally vouch that I know six people that passed in COVID-19. Mm. So I know it's real. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's very real to me. Black Lives Matter is very real to me because I lived through it. But for people that haven't experienced it and they haven't been affected by it, and it's like, it doesn't exist. It must not be real. You know, and these are matters that we've been crying about, and we've been doing it peacefully. We did it peacefully with uh, with um, Martin Luther King, and they killed him. When we did it peacefully, they, they bit him, they, they kicked him, they shot him, they stabbed him. And then after he died, they talked about how great of a man he was years later. When they hated his guts, hated him, they feared Malcolm X because Malcolm X was talking about uh, shooting and killing back or standing up for yourself. So they killed him, you know, and then Colin Kaepernick comes along and tries to peacefully, peacefully protest. And they're like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. This is not the time to do this. Play football, shut up and run, you know, and he's trying to peacefully do it. He doesn't do it right. So then this happens and people are, are rioting or whatever. And they're like, they're not doing it right now. I'm not on the side of messing up stuff and, and I'm not a hoodlum. I'm not going to go down that road and say, say, I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say the people that do it are hoodlums, but there are a lot of people that are taking advantage of a situation to destroy, vandalize, and steal. I'm not going to be ignorant either. You know what I'm saying? But what does it take to get uh, to be heard is the bottom line. What does it take to be heard that we are in a, a, a land that is told to be land of the free, home of the brave, freedom of speech, and, and that we have all these rights, but the rights are clear to show that they don't apply to us. Oh. I can I can attest myself that they don't apply to us. I've been places, I walk in the store, and I'm getting followed. Why? Because I'm a 200-pound, well-built black guy that might steal something. When I get pulled over by a cop, you know, if, if my white friend is driving, I can hear him say something like, dang, I hope I don't get a ticket, man. This guy gets on my nerves. I had nothing else to do, couldn't do anything with his life, and became a cop. And that's the way they talk to him. If I get pulled over by a cop, I'm like, let me have my hands 10 to 12. 
Let me speak clearly to him. I'm going to look him dead in his eyes. I'm not making any sudden moves because he ain't shooting me. That's a huge difference. And I have a 15-year-old son who will be 16 next month that will go from 15 to 16, in my eyes, but will go from a kid to a grown man in white America. That's scary. That's what Black Lives Matter means. Um, I, I don't even know wow. how to, I mean, I, that's so powerful, Caprice. I can't, um, I, I, I had a, I have a friend who said to me yesterday, he said, I, I think it's, I think it's good that white America is feeling afraid right now, is, is feeling afraid for their, their, their buildings because it's how I've always felt my entire life. I've always been Man, afraid. Can, but can you imagine what you just, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no. you just said white America is afraid for their building. Right. I just told you I'm afraid for my life. life. Yeah. Think about mm-hmm. what you just said. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, Caprice. I mean, it's 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 terrifying, and it's, I, you know, it's it's why you know I I have, and, you know, I don't speak for all three of us, but I think we've all kind of been around the same um, you know area of this. I I have felt somewhat powerless because I want I want to be supportive. I want to do something, but what you're talking about is like. You know, we need to be empathetic. Like, we need to have the ability to put ourselves in someone else's shoes, but yet we can't because we, we do it. We, we do experience privilege. It's just the reality of the world. Like, I do, I have privilege. I know I don't have to fear for my life if I get pulled over. I, I don't know what to do to try to be, and, and it's why I'm trying, I'm just trying to listen, right? I'm just trying to listen because I, I, I know that my experience is wildly different than yours. Yeah, but I think uh, what I can say. Uh, with what's happened um, is that I really feel from the bottom of my heart that, that there's something different about this. One. And I'm not saying the answers are going to come, but I will say that what I've been seeing with the protests is that it's not black people protesting by themselves. It's black and white because this generation, even though their music sucks, these people love each other. <laughs> <laughs> These people will stand together, head in hand, and they they speak up for right and wrong, and that and no matter what it is, you know, and they've shown love like never before. And for every incident that I've seen violence and all that stuff, there are some videos that I've seen cops holding each other accountable. I've seen an incident where there was a a, a, a large white cop uh, fussing at some, yeah. some protesters, and then there's there's a girl on her knees, and the cop mushed her down to the ground and walked past her. And another cop got got in his face and was like, hey, you wrong for that. Don't be doing that. What did you do that for? You know, I've seen cops taking knees. I've also seen uh, a situation like I spoke about earlier where there was a uh, somebody being arrested and the cop had his knee on the back of that person's neck. And, um, and then his partner just pulled his knee to the side. It's little stuff like that to where I feel that in the past it's almost like cops were scared to check each other. You know what I mean? I believe one one part of the answer, because there's so many ways to fix this problem, and I'm not the person that has all the answers, but what I can see from the outside looking in, a lot of lives can be saved just by cops checking each other. Hey, man, you're getting a little hot. Back off. Hey, man, calm down. Don't pull a gun out. Don't do this. You know, it's holding each other accountable. That's one way. And then white America, it's simple. I, I can say that I've had more phone calls in the last two weeks from my white friends, genuinely concerned phone calls, not just I'm calling my black friends to check in. I'm talking about genuinely concerned like you to want to know and all that than I've ever had before. There's something different about this. You know what I'm saying? So it's a good thing. But 
with the changes that are happening, like uh, I had one of my friends, and, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say, Rick Abana, he he hit me up and he was like, man, he said, he said, I, I feel so bad because I've always, you know how I feel, but I've never spoken out and I feel bad for not speaking out. You know, and he spoke out. And uh, Kevin Nash spoke out. And you know, I could tell you a story about Kevin Nash that'll blow your mind. I loved it. Would, will would you? Blow, we, that will blow, huh? We'd love to hear it. It's simple. It's simple. I was in Qatar with him. Uh, baby, when was I in Qatar? The last time? Yeah. About two years ago. No, recently when I won the, the belt. Oh, it was five. Um, five. February. No, it was like November. Okay, it was recently that I was in Qatar, and when I was in Qatar, um, Kevin Nash was there, RVD was there, Mark Henry was there. Um, uh, there was a lot of big names there. Okay, and in the morning, I get up and I go eat breakfast, and I'm eating breakfast with. Uh, with a lot of guys, and I know a lot of them, but I don't know Kevin Nash. Um, I've met RVD on a couple of occasions, but it's not like, hey, RVD Caprice, so you want to talk to him? He, he, who's that? You know, I met uh, Mark Henry, um, or whatever. But like, I met some of them, but I had never met Kevin Nash before, unless, unless it was at like a, we were at the same signing or something like that. Never had any interactions with each other that was significant enough to where he would know who I am. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, I'm sitting across from him at the same table. We're eating breakfast, okay? While we're in this thing, we get get to breakfast, and we sat down, and I just happen to be sitting across from him at the table. Everybody's talking. We're all talking amongst each other, whatever, talking about Qatar. I speak a little Arabic, so it's kind of talking about the country and stuff like that. And then uh, he, get, he gets ready to get up to get some more orange juice. And he looked and saw that you know, my orange juice was in there. He was like, hey, man, you want me to get some orange juice? I was like, oh, I'm good. He said, well, I'm going to get some. I can get you some. He went and got filled my orange juice up and brought it back. I mean, like, he took care of me. I'm like, dude, I'm supposed to do that for you because of who you are. You, you know what I'm saying? And, it was, and he didn't look at me like, oh, I'm going to help this, this young man out. It's like, it was just his heart. You know, and he gets a lot of flack for a lot of things and all. But this guy, man, he, some people say you don't see color. I think that's impossible. Because anybody I see, when I see somebody, I see a large white guy, large black guy, small black guy, skinny. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It, it is what it is. But to respect all colors is another level. And he showed me a respect that he didn't have to. And to me, it was a big deal because here I am, 43 years old, nervous in front of a grown man that I don't say the wrong thing or, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> because I'm sitting at the same table in my eyes, sitting at a table of kings. And here it is, somebody that is worthy of being a king of wrestling wants to fill my cup. You get what I'm saying? That's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's so cool, man. That's so that's the type. That's the type of thing that I, I feel like to me. That's that speaks down. Not saying you should you should go pick a cup up for orange juice for the next black <laughs> person you see. I'm just saying that type of heart. You know what I'm saying? But what Ian Riccaboni he he um get back to him. He texted me and he was like he was checking on me. He said, "Hey man, I wish I would have broke up more and this and that." And, and he said, "Um." I see you speaking, and I'm, I'm proud for you speaking. I said, yeah, I'm proud, but to be honest with you, I'm nervous, too. And he said, why? I said, because people lose their jobs for speaking out, like literally. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I and I have that fear just like a lot of, a lot of other black athletes is that you can start being outspoken, and then all of a sudden they start finding, oh, man, you know, you, 
you botched commentary on this or you botched this move and mm-hmm. you, all of a sudden you're doing everything wrong and then you're gone. But it's because you were outspoken. Colin Kaepernick was never the greatest quarterback in the world, but he was a good he was a good athlete. It sure is a hell of a lot better. Yeah, w- way better than some of the guys that got jobs in the last four years. But he was, but but he became horrible and and not needed once he began out to be outspoken and literally blackballed by the president. Think about that. Facts. I mean, all things. But, these are all facts. But, but think about this. You know, he was peacefully protesting, but they was like, "Just shut up and run." Yep. But now the people that the protesting now. You know, they're getting, everybody's getting mad at the way they're processing, but they wouldn't hear us either way. However, not even a month ago, white America was frustrated because they had to be locked in the house, staying in the house, couldn't get haircuts, and watched the streets with AR-57s, with rifles, machine guns, stood in high places, spitting cops' faces, with machine guns and all kind of weapons. Nobody killed. Nobody hurt. In fact, the exact opposite. We were trying to protect them from getting hurt. (laughs) The cops stood there and shut their mouth. Yep. Mm -hmm. They protect the people from messing with them. Yep. Think about... Think, bruh, put your head around that. Make that make sense to me. I I had a friend that called me today that that will remain nameless literally in fear because he was asked to be interviewed on the news because he has video of peaceful protesting and getting shot by rubber bullets and tear gas by the cops. Okay? He's an outspoken young man. He called me because he's scared that if he speaks out, he's going to get killed because he knows people that get shut up even today because they're outspoken. And you know he did his thing today, but he did it with his mask on and a fake name. Jesus. Mm. And I'm not, talk- I'm not talking about 30 years ago or right. 50 years ago. Yeah. I'm talking about I promised to God I received this phone call around 3 o'clock today. Of a young man scared out of his wits calling me, asking me for advice. And you know what I told him? I said, everybody wants to be Jesus, but nobody wants to be crucified. People just want to put turn water into wine. You know, they want to heal the sick and raise the dead, but nobody wants to be persecuted or be or be crucified. Um, but it took it took George Floyd to be crucified for people to see it as a real problem. Uh, I I I'd like to to hope that there won't have to be more, but um, unfortunately, um, I'm I'm fearful of that. You know, Caprice, I'm fearful of that. Um, I, 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 yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. I was going to say, um, you know, what, one thing that came out in the past 24 hours is, is what happened with Drew Brees and, and all of his teammates stepping up. And I, I kind of wonder, uh, without, obviously without using specifics, just kind of, what do you expect the locker room dynamic to be when things do kind of not get back to normal, but you guys start sharing a locker room again? Well, I could say, uh, that we live in a country to where, the reason why there's such an uproar now is because the people that are still racist are outnumbered Hmm. and are being exposed. So to where in the past we were the ones, I've sat in rooms before where I was called N-word and asked these ridiculous dumb questions and 
people turn off the lights and tell me to smile. I've been in those situations. But now the tables have turned to where the racist person, people are standing up and being like, bro, that's racist. You ain't doing that around me. You know what I'm saying? To where they're the ones uncomfortable. And so if there's anybody in Ring of Honor like that, we don't, I don't know it personally because everybody treats everybody with respect. And so if there is somebody like that, they're hiding and they're camouflaging themselves. You know, and it's a lot of camouflaging going on in this world. But it's being brought out every day and people are fed up and people are tired. And it, and if you think about pro wrestling, man, pro wrestling is the ultimate story of of oppression. If you think about a baby face and you think about a heel, the heel beats on the baby face until the baby face can't take it no more and then he fights back. It's, it's... That's the life we live every day. That is really well said, Caprice. That is really well said, man. Um, I, I, I actually want to wrap, but I do want to, if I could. Um, well, I'm not speak too much. <laughs> uh, on, um, only because we're not far removed either from, from losing Shad. And I, and I saw something that you had said about Shad on Twitter. Um, can you tell us about Shad and, and, and what he meant? It seems like the entire pro wrestling community – um, for somebody that maybe wasn't the biggest star on the planet, it, it really feels, and I know obviously part of his story is his heroism and death, but it feels like, you know, he meant something more than what maybe professional wrestling fans knew about Shad. Well, I, I would say this, that for professional wrestling fans, most professional wrestling fans are fans of guys that's made it big or made a name for themselves or, or whatever like that. And so, but there are guys like Titus O'Neil. Uh, like Shaw Gaspard, uh, that are huge impacts uh, in their communities and and for what they stand for. They're, they're called one of the good brothers. And through, through the grace of God, you know, like MVP and all, we're part of like the good brothers community to where there are young athletes that can call us about any situation and talk to us or whatever like that. We stand for certain things. Uh, and, and, and Shad, I can say I hadn't, I didn't have a relationship with him. But but we were friends, you know what I'm saying, through friends. And he was one of those people to where if we met or whatever, because of who we are friends with, I knew we would get along. Hmm. But the reason why we were friends on social media and stuff like that is because of our life friends to where we had the same understanding that there's more in life than what we're doing. And everything that we're doing is for the people that we're doing it for. And that's, and that's our families. We're living a dream, but we live the dream so our families can live and eat, you know? And so there's some things that we're just not going to do. There's some things that we're just not going to say. You know, we're not going to sell out for a dollar. You, you know what I'm saying? And and it doesn't matter if that costs us uh, uh, millions of dollars as long as we're able to feed our families, you know? And, and he was a good father. He, was a, a, he, he really loved his son, really loved his family. He stood for a lot of good things. You know, it was one of those deaths that, that you think, and I'm and I'm probably gonna get flack for this, but you you ever have somebody die like dang low? You could see anybody with that person. <laughs> yes, know, it, yes, yes. I know. It's, yeah, it, it's kind of I hate to say it like it, but it's kind of like that. Where it's like what, he just had, and he was on the break of doing some great stuff, man. Like he he uh, he he was a video like uh, I, I don't know what you call it, but like the person they used to make video motion game capture. Characters. What'd you say? 
a motion captured uh, actor. Yeah, he was a motion captured. He was also at, he played on Big Show show. The Big Show has a Netflix yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, You know, he, he, he's gonna, he, he had a career after a career. It wasn't like he was just spinning in, in the oblivion because WWE let him go. There are people that has has lives after WWE, and he he is one of them, you know. And and even though he still did wrestling and other stuff like that, he had a lot of other stuff going on. And he had he was married and had a son, and he was a faithful husband. He was just good people. He's like I said, one of the good brothers. I can't I can't earn more. Like I, don't, I can't speak of an incident to where we hung out and all that. I'm not going to lie to you, but like I said, there are we have groups. Of, there's a group of us that. We're all friends because people have spoken up about us, you know what I'm saying, and saying, hey, he's a good brother, he's a good brother. And and I thank God that it, and it basically it's, a, it's, it's people that pay it forward. There's nothing special. It's, I've, I've been in situations to where I've been in this sport for over 20-something years, man, almost 25 years. And all I do to the next generation, instead of trying to hold them down, I show them, tell them the mistakes I made, and I hope they don't make the same, and tell them directions to go into. That's all we do. Helping Oof. the next generation. Um, Caprice, we can't we can't thank you enough, man, for for talking to us this week. Um, we we needed this, and we need we need more of you. Um, I, you know, I, I want to. This is normally where I tell everybody to go follow you on Twitter, and we still want them to. But um, oh, you broke my heart. <laughs> warning, yeah. it's going to be a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even finish my story with Rick Abani, man. Basically, what Rick Abani was saying, how I said that, you know, afraid to speak or whatever like that. He was like, well, if they come after you, they're going to have to come after me, too. And that's and, and that's so, dope. Oh, yeah, yeah and, and I know he meant it. Like, that's the type of person he is. There's a lot of people that are like, that are like, if it, and I think if America would make a big change if they, was, if they just had that type of mentality to where this stuff is not going to happen around me or in front of me. If I see something, I'm going to speak up. Or I'm gonna stand up, and I think that's just that's one way everybody can make a difference. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, and it's not gonna change overnight. But if you're saying, if I see something, I'm gonna speak up. That makes a big change. You know, um, listening, trying to see other sides. You know, I don't want to speak too much. Go ahead, and do what you gotta do because I know we're running out of time. No, we'll give you all the time. You, we ain't gonna stop you, Caprice. I promise you that. This this moment is way too important for us to get in your yeah. way. I'm, I am. I I know that much. If you whatever, and, and again, we I was gonna wrap up, but I if you got more to say, man, we will listen. I, as I said, open floor. The the one thing that I think I have learned, and I hope that I'm getting better at at this point in my career, is I'm here to listen when somebody has something that they they need to say and people need to hear, and I want to listen to you whenever you know, like what you're. You have impacted us today, and I hope you know that. Like you are impacting our hearts listening to you speak today, man. Man, praise God. Um, I'm thankful for that, man. My my only thought is like the longer this recording is, people look at it and they're like, oh, yeah, they they, they, they bang out at some point. <laughs> I, we know what you're talking about. Um, Caprice, uh, I, 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 I truly thank you, man. I truly thank you for, for doing this today. And, um, you know, look, you know, we love, we've always loved having you on. We're going to love having you on in the future. But um, this is one of the most important conversations I think we've ever had uh, on this show. And, I, and I gr- I'm grateful for that. It's at Caprice Coleman. Just give him a couple days because he's got to get it uh, uh, back working. Um, yeah, and- uh, I'm on different social media outlets, man. It's, and it's all Caprice Coleman. So Very cool. Uh, 
Yes, it's, it's, it's all compressed. I'm thankful and grateful that y'all have allowed me uh, to do this and that y'all were concerned enough to want to put this out. That, that's part of the answer, man, to where people that don't look like me are speaking out about something that, that doesn't affect them, but it affects people that they care about enough to to, to spread the word and to side, to, to get on their side. Because I believe we're at a time now to where if you're silent, you're against us, period. You're complicit. Yeah, I, 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 I think you're right about that. Caprice, we, we thank you again, um, and let's talk again really soon, all right? All right, thank you. Phew! Uh, Following that, boy, it is tough, that right? Was incredible. That, that was, that was, you know, like we knew, we knew when we reached out to Caprice because we, you know, we talked to Caprice and we've heard Caprice behind a microphone. Um, we knew that he would have no problem speaking uh, his mind about this subject, but man, that uh, is, it is, uh, you know, it, look, some somebody's listening to this and they're mad that we did this, and 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 you know, I I, I think I can speak on your guys' behalf when I say we don't give a shit. Yep. Don't listen anymore. Yeah. Fuck off. Correct. That's that's the way that we feel. If if if, if this bothers you, if you are bothered, I, I the way I talk about it on my sports show, guys, is like I had a member of a front office one time, who and and I you know of of, of some of a major four American professional sports team, and I was asking them about you know the fact that they still get like they were hosting a pride night and they still got the the the, the just the dumbest of the dumb that had some, the leeches that wanted to say something about it. And this person said back to me, and I'll never forget, they said, if something so innocuous as us hosting a Pride Night bothers you, we don't want you. And I was like, man, that really... That resonates with me. It, I mean, doesn't it Doesn't it resonate in a big way? Like, you know what? It makes what? you want to buy a hat of whatever team yeah. that is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really hit me. Like, if, if that... If that if this bothers you, if it bothers you that we just had that conversation and what Caprice Coleman just said, forget it. We don't want you. Period. And I think we speak for AJ. I, I say, think it goes without saying. He would saying. say a lot stronger. I, I was going to no say I, I don't. We don't no speak for AJ because AJ would be way yeah. stronger yeah. than yes. us. I say he would say he no would say that, that times a thousand. Yeah, we don't want you. Goodbye forever. Period. And and like we we mean it. Goodbye forever. So um, so that's that. Now. You know, obviously, guys, like, you know, and this is crossing the professional wrestling world the same way that it's crossed into the, the real world, um, because this is, this is, this is more important than anything else. And there's been good and there's been bad. And, and you know, Aaron, you brought up within the interview um, that obviously there was a lot of bad this week with Drew Brees, you know, and the three of us talked about that during the course of this week. Um, there has been other bad, unfortunately, and whether that's, you know, minimally bad, like, I, you know, I was I was let down by something that Chris Jericho did on Instagram. I, you know, I've been let down by a few things, and it's a real bummer because he's probably otherwise our favorite professional wrestler in, on the planet. Um, there has been a lot of good too. Um, there's been a lot of people that un, there's been some unlikely uh, people that yeah that that did the right thing this week. You know, and and for for the bad, and I, you know, I. I couldn't believe that that Jackson Riker thought it was a time to to try to get over his character. I mean, that's just fucking unthinkable. Um, you know, we brought up um, you know, Caprice brought up Kevin Nash. I think we were all a little caught off guard by Randy Orton as well. Good yeah. job, Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what else to say, man. Like I, 
this is not a time and this is not a way for you to try to get your character over. I think that's the, the you know, that's the simplest thing I could say in the moment. And, and we go from there. Um, anything else you want to touch on about this? Um, we got, we're going to make some picks and then we'll wrap up, right? Yeah, make picks, say you know one or two things about NXT, and then wrap up. All right, um, coming up this Sunday night, NXT in your NXT Takeover in your house. Um, of course, were, were we done with AEW? Oh yeah, I mean, what, what else do you want to say? I mean, it, it looks like Aaron. Do you want to talk about uh, your premonition? Oh, the, the Orange Cassidy through? thing. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I mean, look, Orange Cassidy being involved with Chris Jericho in any way, shape, or form is the most wonderful thing on the planet. Right. Um, it's still so, so. While I'm extremely disappointed with what we just talked about with Chris Jericho professionally, he's absolutely doing the right thing um, with putting some of these guys in it within. I'm not going to say over, but within arm's reach of him in which his is giving realm. them giving him the rub uh and and the way his matches have been booked have been very good um the match he had with uh who was jesus christ who did he fight this week oh my god uh, uh, uh yes thank you good, good match and that feels more, you know, they reference in the broadcast. It feels more like that was just sort of a weird thing that Jericho and Cabana never had a match before, and so Jericho yeah. was like, "Yeah, let, like let's do this." Like this is two, two guys who have been around since the nineties, right. finally having a match. somehow never had a match with each other. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool that those guys were able to do that. You know, I I don't think Colt Cabana has a big purpose in AEW. I think he's there, and when I say a big purpose, I think his purpose is is important, which is this shouldn't matter for him. Um, he shouldn't. So he might join the Dark Order, right? right? And that was weird, but I, you know, whatever, fine. I, I don't That's care. Fine. Um, I, I, I think he serves his purpose being in AEW right now as someone. What, frankly, what Dustin Rhodes should be in AEW, right. but right. is right. It's a, it's a name that means something, and they use that name to mean something to help out the other guys. Correct. And he can, and he can work, and he can. He's interesting, and he can talk, and yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, it's a meaningful win when you know if someone like uh, somebody, Jungle Boy beats right. a Colt Cabana. Somebody, that's a, it's, it's a, a meaningful it's win. It's a professional wrestling legend that you just defeated, right? And like you get to say that, and, and the broadcaster should say that. So yes, there there should be a purpose there. Um, but yeah, I mean, involving Orange Cassidy, who looked so good. Oh my God, he looked so good when they came out to stomp him. Um, and I think that people forget that in the Orange Cassidy character is that like I hate that he gets dismissed as being nothing other than a gimmick. Because, like, the level of athleticism that is required to do some of the things he does is truly unbelievable. And that doesn't, I, wanna, I don't want to conflate that with him being, you know, an iconic worker or something along those lines. He's a great worker. He's a, he's a really good one. Uh, I don't, p- particularly going from a full stop to some of the stuff Correct. Like, and, and that's an important part of the character, too. If he was just a sloth guy, yeah, it's a fun character, but it's that he can turn on this gear. Yep, I agree completely. He's And, and look, you know, I've been an Orange Cassidy fan for a really long time, um, almost as long as I've been a fan of Tony Storm, which everybody <laughs> knows, Jesus Robinson. I've been a fan, Jesus, for hundreds of years of uh, those particular performers. But, um, yeah, he's great, and that was great. And, I'm, you know, and that's the bu- this is why it's such a bummer that I – the focus ends up being the thing that's the worst because there are great things that you like and that you want to talk about. And yeah, that, you know, as convoluted as the tag, you know, division is, it, it is amazing at the same time, right? Like it is an embarrassment of riches and, 
you know, as we've, we talked about last week, they, they need to do something else there, and I think the trio's belt makes the most sense. We'll see if they go that route. Um, but, you know, man, the stuff that you're getting is is just flat awesome. So um, there's, there's something on AEW that I didn't understand, and maybe you guys can help me. And I know you're gonna roll. You're gonna roll your eyes when it, I tell you who it, it, it's about. But I still want to know if I'm missing something. What is the deal with the Sean Spears black oh, the glove? glove? I actually don't understand that. So I, I what hope, in the hell I hope is Aaron, that? I hope Aaron can. I, I don't know. I I don't particularly know the black glove. But uh, speaking of Sean Spears, did you see the uh, the Tully Twitter uh, tw- promo that was on social media with not. Tully and Sean Spears? I did not. Well, they showed it on the show too. Like not the whole thing, but they showed. Oh, the, like, the whole thing. It's it. excellent. It's excellent. Like. More Tully doing that. I mean, if you say so. Uh, here is... Uh, Black Glove has a long and illustrious history. This is from... I don't even... CBR.com, whatever that is. Uh, okay, get to the point. So... Is this going to be another old the single black, thing? The single yeah. black glove has a strong history in professional wrestling with legends like Blackjack Mulligan, Ted DiBiase, oh, before Jesus he was Christ. the Million Dollar Man, and Barry Wyndham. It, it's kind of the, it's the worker glove. I mean, they 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 needed to do a little bit more work there. Unfortunately, I, I mean that's yeah. I, like they literally were like, I have. He's like that. Requ- I have that the key. required and he opens this glove, yeah. and it's like, and they say nothing. That required Tony Schiavone or somebody explaining that. I mean, it's just and look, you know, you can tell a cool story, but you got to do it. You, the, Un- unless some- it's the load, it, like, is the story that it's going to be the loaded glove? Because that's how Blackjack used it sometimes. I, I guess, but if that's the story, you still should tell him. Well, you, well, and then you well, you should still you give show some, it off in the match. That's fine. Week. Give some sort of context to it, so that we're not yeah. sitting here. Even wrestling fans aren't I, sitting I, here. I have to admit, I la- I like laughed out loud. Well, I, I had forgotten. I was, I was Remember, like, they were supposed what? to be trying. To, once upon a time, weren't they trying to find him a tag team partner? Well, and, yeah, and they and co- they covered they gone. covered that they covered that in the again social media, which they should show in full on screen. Yeah, yeah, that was that was awkward because I hadn't so, I hadn't thought about it again until he he referenced it in that that sketch. I was like, oh oh, what yeah, what did happen to that? And I thought it was like some dude that wears a glove that's going to be his. T- I was like, ah, oh, and nothing, nothing. It's Kane. Yeah, <laughs> it's Glenn Jacobs. The other thing I need to be, I need from AEW from now on. I need the truck pulling up to the part of the arena it can't fit into being the way that everybody enters. Yeah, you know, you might be if they just keep going with that. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it. All right, <laughs> let's let's make our picks. Let's do that. Um I've got we've got AJ's. Uh he does know the result of one of the matches for Sunday night because um that he was part of the filming of it. So he did not make a pick for that match. We do not know. Instead, he just sent us picks, and he, you know he di- he didn't know yet about the last match that had been announced that was announced last night. So we got other picks from AJ, but then we'll make our picks for Takeover in your house. We can do it the same way. We can do should do, will do, but let's try to move quickly because we are up against the two hour mark. And Caprice Coleman is right about one thing: people will bail at some point. <laughs> so let's try to do it quickly. Uh, we'll start with the uh, match that was just announced: six woman tag match for some reason. Uh, Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, and Tegan Knox against Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Um, I, I should and will the heels will win. There's nothing. This this makes no sense at all. This is bad. I I I'll go back to I don't know why it is that we did and we didn't even do it the mixed tag match on NXT, which again we didn't even really do 
instead they didn't of doing do it at all. Right. There was, there was no mixed tag match. Well, they announced one, and then it just never happened. They um, never announced it. We implied that no, they no, implied they, that they were going to do one, but they never said it was a match. Well, they did. They said the they, characters they, said they wanted to fight each other, no, but no, they no, never they, they, announced they, the they, match. They had the, the, the yes. down to the ramp. Yeah, they did. They, they announced they, the, they did what? They, they came down to the ramp together. They had the announce. You know, no, and they they we did. went through all the match stuff. They absolutely when and as they came back from break, they one hundred percent said on the broadcast. That this became an intergender match, like they said. That. Oh, you mean from the the one on one match to yes. the yeah. Oh, oh god. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, no, okay. right. It never actually happened. Right. Um, right. Okay. But it's weird that that's the thing that we were building to, and that's not what we're gonna get at the pay per view. And I get that, like the idea is that the belt is more important than that. But as I said a million times, it shouldn't be specifically for Johnny Gargano. And it's even worse when Candice LeRae just gets into thrown into some other thing that she's had nothing to do with outside of the fact that Mia's on the other side. Like, I, yeah, other, other than the fact that it's super friends versus super bad guys. I mean, this is just bad. Yes. This, this, the existence of this is just bad. Yeah. So the, the heels win because the heels have to win. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, heels should win, but because of how I have the rest of the card shaping up, I have the faces winning here just because I feel like I have too many heels winning. No. Um, no. but that that's just kind of maybe, again, maybe should, I should win that heels. More. I mean, the, the heels should win. I think you you do have an out here because it's a such a nothing match, and because you have you know you know a Raquel Gonzalez or someone that can take the. I mean, I don't really think that's what they should be doing with her, but they don't seem to be putting the importance into that duo that we wanted them to. So, I mean, I don't think you can give Candice a pin, you know a loss at this point. I, I think they should be making Dakota and Raquel important, but they're not for some reason. Because Candace uh, is more important. Candace is a more important female heel. But I'm right saying, now. like, if if we go back to and you know, obviously there's way more problems to talk about the the women's tag team titles than just this. But like, if we go back to the idea that those titles were supposed to be available to be <laughs> defended on all three shows, that to me is what that. <laughs> Should oh, no, be heading. Should no, they be, replaced that now. The no NXT, indication the of that. NXT, right. the NXT so women's make championship this team is on. for whatever for reasons, just to get out of a feud that you didn't know how to get out of, and now you don't even care about. I mean, not, nothing about that. The Tegan Knox Dakota Kai thing makes sense anymore. So I, I could totally see anyone winning this match because of all those things. Yeah, you know, because it doesn't you. really matter who wins. I hear you. Um, in their world, in my world, it does matter that the I, heels win, but. Yeah, I could absolutely see Shotzi beating Dakota exactly. Kai and using that as a way. Oh, look, Shotzi's important now. Uh, yeah. Fine, fine. Uh, who cares is the answer. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, Finn Balor, yeah. Damian Priest, Aaron. Should be Damian Priest, will be Finn Balor. Brandon? And just, just I, I, mean, I, I think there's, even... I was going to say, my kind of thing really is, really quickly, like, if you're going to do something with Damian Priest, I'd like them to pull the trigger on it. I don't think they're quite ready for that. And again, Finn Balor is there. So, I mean, my problem with saying Damian Priest should win is at what point does Finn Balor need to be important again? And that's the other thing. And and and, and to me, I think Finn Balor needs to win because I think it's more important to the brand for Finn Balor to be a thing than for Damian Priest to be a thing. And um, and and at the end of the day, you know, who knows? One of these guys could be on Raw in three weeks. So. I got to go Finn Balor because I think he's much more important to be uh, to be featured at some point than Damian. AJ picked Finn Balor. We didn't do the the should be will be with. And, AJ. and I'm going to say should and would for Finn. 
I, I would still say should be Damian Priest, but I will also go with will be Finn Balor. And the reason I'm going to say should be, um, it, it goes back, I think there were a couple of months where you needed Finn to win, and then you got him a couple of wins. And so I don't know that you need Finn to win every match now moving forward. I think it still has to matter. Like, his presence has to matter for the other person, too. Um, and I think it, it, it does more now for Damian Priest to beat Finn Balor than it necessarily does... Um, for Finn Balor to lose to Damian Priest. So um, I would say should because of that, but I'm actually in agreement. I do think it will be Finn Balor. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Karrion Cross, um, And this is just a regular match, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Brandon. I mean, do we even need to talk about this? Uh, if Karrion Cross loses this match, that's, uh, what are we doing? I mean, Karrion Cross has to win. I think it has to be somewhat of a convincing, clean win. And um, and we're off to the races with Karrion Cross. Has to and should. Uh, AJ says Karrion Cross. I'm in agreement. Like you could make an argument for me that um, if if you if Champa in particular is moving up, then you don't just want it to be him getting his ass kicked. Like you want it to be um, a better overall match, and you can still have Karrion Cross go over, and it's it's not the end of the world that that he didn't just kick Tommaso Champa's ass because that's Tommaso Champa we're talking about. But I do agree that Karrion Cross has to win. The only way that Karrion Cross wouldn't win is if it's a DQ finish or something. If this is a, and then going back to some of Karrion Cross's prior characters across Lucha Underground and Impact and stuff, if this is a, I'm going to kill you till you bleed and I'm going to get disqualified for killing you. Right. Um, you can go that direction, but yes, otherwise he has to go over whether it's via win or via killing Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, first of three championship matches. We begin with the uh, the one that we talked about a minute ago, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano, for the North American Championship. Um, I, I really, and I, I hate being, actually, technically AJ's first. Uh, he picked Johnny Gargano. Ah, her. I feel pretty strongly about this one. Like I feel stronger about should be Keith Lee than I than I do about what it will be. It definitely should be Keith Lee. Johnny Gargano should not care about the North American Championship. It's why this match shouldn't be happening. He's bigger than that. He's more important than that. This shouldn't be relevant to him. Um, and that's that's the bigger problem with the whole thing. What it will be. I'll still also stick with Keith Lee on that. I'll still stick with Keith Lee that it will be. Um, for me, it's just kind of how the rest of the show goes. And for me, and I've been saying this for, God, eight months now, like Keith Lee, it's hard to say without crowd, is the biggest baby face in the company. He should be in the top, in the top title picture. Putting the North American title on him was always a weird move to me. And I think that Keith Lee should be up in that, you know, NXT title range, not in the North American title range. So while it's weird that you're focusing so much on Johnny Gargano for this, to me, I would say should and will be Johnny Gargano winning it to free up Keith Lee. So that's my play. We kind of agree, but for different reasons. I mean, I think the, the, the good thing about the Johnny Gargano character, if, if we're just going to focus on him for a second, is it's really good for his character to win or lose, really. Um, because of the character and the story they're telling, him losing almost makes it better if they're going to move forward with this, like, not appreciated character of, you know, they could they could do something that looks like he got screwed over a little bit, 
you know, without making Keith look bad. However, I think that Keith Lee's going to Raw or SmackDown. I don't think he's going to be around. I think Johnny Gargano wins, and I think Keith Lee is one of the call-ups. All right. Um, next, the women's championship is, of course, a triple threat. Charlotte against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Um, explain your work as you make your picks. Aaron, you're first. All right. The should, and, and there's going to be important <laughs> th- things here. I know what Aaron's going to say. <laughs> I Do you? know it. I know you're going to have a caveat. Well, no, I'm going to... Well, the should... (laughs) It should be Io Shirai, and it should be Io Shirai pinning Charlotte. One thousand percent. (laughs) So, so you know, the second part is more important than the first part, honestly. It's someone pinning Charlotte Flair. I would say it's Io Shirai, because... Rhea Ripley is already Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai is so awesome, and she hasn't gotten that marquee win, really. And this is that chance to put her on the Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, you know, to put her on that next level. If it's Rhea Ripley and you're just kind of saying that the past two months never happened, okay, fine. It's annoying that they have, you know, that it happened, but whatever. And which is why I think the will will be, they're going to pretend that the past two months never happened. They're going to have Rhea Ripley pin Io Shirai and win that way. Brandon? I'm trying very hard not to overthink this one because um, it, if we're just talking, like if I'm not thinking ahead too far on its face, I think you could give this to either one of them. I don't think you can keep keep it on Charlotte. I think Charlotte's got to drop this and be on two shows instead of three um, <laughs> every week. Um, but And I, I honestly, there's nothing about either, like, you've got such a clean slate that technically you could go with either one of these women and it would, I would be fine with it, even though I would prefer it to be EO just because I think that there's something new there. Um, and, and, and honestly, I, that's the, that's what I'm going to pick because I think that they've sort of turned her face without really doing it. And you're, they're going to tell the story of her and Candace. And so that's why I'm going to pick should EO Shirai should win. What they will do, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm kind of I've kind of talked myself into that they're going to do this thing with her and Candice, uh, but I could also see them giving it to Rhea. So I, I don't know what they what they will do, but I, well, they should give it to EO and and run back the EO Candice with them flipped, um, with with EO as the face and Candice as the heel. Um. All right. Uh, AJ has picked Rhea Ripley. I think, of course, that EO should win and that Charlotte Flair will win because Charlotte Flair is in the match. And <laughs> is I, Charlotte was, in the match? Yeah, there was something that happened. Um, I don't know if you – did you catch Rhea's promo on NXT last night and her alluding to, you know, the, the title being on all three brands now? And the idea that when she gets it back, she'll be on all three brands. And, like, maybe that's the case. I don't know why the NXT <laughs> women's title will be on all three brands. It shouldn't have been on all three brands now. Um, but that feels to me like they're not done with this, like, yet with Charlotte. And that this is going somewhere. And so I just mm. think I just think that Charlotte keeps the belt. That's what I think. And I do think that we lead up to there being something with Charlotte and all three belts. I mean, I think we've danced around it. I I think that's still going to be a thing. Uh, And finally, the NXT championship match. 
Of course, and that's the one that uh, AJ cannot pick because we know that it's already taped. Um, I have not seen any spoilers anywhere for this. Like, if if they're out, like they... I don't think they're out. I haven't seen any. Uh, Lance, ch- last chance backlot brawl for the NXT title. If Velveteen Dream loses, he will never be able to challenge for the NXT title again. While Cole is the champ. Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. Brandon, we begin with you. I have a hard... So, I was convinced eight weeks ago or whenever they started this that Dream was winning the title. I'm right now... And again, I overthink these because I try to see like what where they're going, right? I I have a really hard time seeing where they're going without Adam Cole at this point. Um, You know, because you give it the dream and then what do you do? You do something weird with Dexter Loomis or, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like maybe we're just staying with Cole at this point. And I, I don't know if I've talked myself into that, but I think they should give it to dream. But I think that Adam Cole is going to win. I have absolutely no clue. And, and it, it I, like, you know, if you'd asked me this eight weeks ago, if the events of the last eight weeks hadn't occurred and we were doing everything the same way, I would say this is definitely the moment. I, I am hoping... But particularly if we had a crowd. Particularly. Uh, sure, sure. But also, you know, the stuff that involved Velveteen Dream. I mean, like... Well, right. But neither thing helps. But I'm saying if, if nothing happened the past eight weeks other than normal events... And you had this it was the night before SummerSlam or something. Yeah. At, at some point, you have to transition into the future of Undisputed Era. And I don't, unless that is directly Roddy putting himself in the title picture, I don't think you do that with the belt. I think that comes in the crosshairs. And I don't know that we, you know, somebody's going to say, hey, you've been saying this for a year. And you're right. I, I have. Um, I'm going to say should and will Velveteen Dream. Uh, I'm going to say should be Adam Cole, and it's it's partially what you just said, in that the past eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, haven't been good for Velveteen Dream, both because of the crowd, because of what happened off screen, and just because of you know what we've kind of talked about for the past few months, and that the whole thing, the whole chase has gotten really muddled. It doesn't feel like an overwhelming conquering moment if no. Velveteen Dream wins this Sunday. He, you know, because of the way this whole feud started, because of the insertion of Dexter Loomis, this doesn't, you know, for Adam Cole to be the longest reigning NXT champ, the person who beats him should have, and again, I know the, the cheers don't really matter, but this overwhelming response of, yes, this was a conquering, he well, climbed but, the mountain and got wait there. Wait a second. Well, I'm going to disagree strongly with that. That story has been told for a really long time. It it got broken up because of everything that's been going on. But let's I not think pretend. that's what he said. He said it got muddled. But, I, uh, yeah, but it it's got still muddled. a story I, that... I'm saying that if, if Velveteen Dream wins, I'm not going to feel that sense of necessarily the same sense of accomplishment that I would have if he had won two months ago. 
but, but because of why? Because of the off the oh, because of the the issues like well, the, the fucked not, up not storytelling that, with yeah, Dexter the, the, Loomis and all this well, weird and, and, shit and even doing. beyond that, what we were talking about about how he wasn't necessarily acting faceish when he was facing Roderick Strong, and there's just a lot of little things that built in that all you know yeah, little things individually, yeah, but it all of, built none up none to not being as monumental of a moment. Now. Velveteen Dream to me has never been a, a baby face. Like that's not his character. Well, then that, that's another problem. Then a baby face should be the one beating the longest reigning and. NXT heel champ of all time. And if I thought there was a good option for that, I would maybe And agree I think with there you. is a good option for that. Who? Keith Lee. Keith Lee's not a baby face. He's a face. Keith Lee is the most beloved male he's, wrestler he right now. He's very popular, NXT, but he's not that. overcoming anything. Keith Lee should maul every human being okay, but, he ever but meets in his life. That's a fair point. Stand Keith Lee next to Adam Cole. It doesn't have to be overcoming. It has to be a big get, face moment that everybody celebrates. But there should be a chase for that. How do you have a chase between Keith Lee and Adam Cole? If Keith Lee doesn't beat Adam Cole You have him go through the entire Undisputed Era. It's the numbers game. I it's mean, not. It's not Lee Cole. It's Lee versus Undisputed Era. I, I mean, I guess if you can do that, I, I, I am not. It, that smells to me like you're talking about a six-month storyline. And like, if you're saying that Adam Cole holds the belt for another six months, that's fine. I don't think it has to be six months. Th- I think it should be three months, two, three months. Okay. I mean, it could, it could easily, if the pay-per-view Sunday, they could easily tell that story between now and August. End of August? Absolutely. The end of August, which I, is the next, I, presumably I, the next takeover. I guess they could. Like, I'm not telling you they couldn't, but I'm, I am not, I do not feel as strongly about Keith Lee and being used in that way. Like, that. No, I, I, don't, that I don't either. I think that, he's going to SmackDown yeah, or Keith, wrong. Keith Lee to me is Brock Lesnar. It's for when you have a monster heel that you need Keith Lee to have Keith Lee overwhelm. Well, hold on. Brock Lesnar for his second title reign did do that he did do it as the conquering face yeah he did i understand i'm talking about right now with that's the way that i'd be well, using but, keith but i'm lee. saying that you use keith lee like you use brock lesnar that's you know the against kurt angle and big show he and Paul Heyman. Shit out of the whole undisputed era yeah. i mean it's it's fine i it's not the way that i would be doing it i mean it just isn't it's not the way that i would be doing it i'm not saying it's terrible i'm not saying it's awful i'm saying it's not what i would be doing to, to me, it's the answer to who is the most over face in the company right and, now. And, and it, that the most over face in the company should be the one beating Adam Cole. Well, like, and to me, I that's would, Keith Lee. I would say when you've spent the better part of a year telling a storyline with one performer going up against Undisputed Era, and, and then you bag that to do something for uh, two months instead. Because uh, at this point, story, it doesn't, I'm not going to say it doesn't work completely, but at this point, it you didn't get to the moment that I feel like you've wanted. I, I will tell you this. If on paper, if you take all of the nuanced stuff that we argue about out of it, on paper, they think Velveteen Dream is the biggest face on the show. I can tell you that, 100%. I mean, they I think and, and that's the why, number and that's, one good guy. And that's guy why I'm on, saying should. That's why I'm in the should right now. Yeah. And as far as the will, I think Velveteen Dream, but I'm not confident on that at all. Well, I, my, my lack of confidence in it is based on, again, if none of these things had happened over the last eight weeks then I'd be super confident in it. But I'm not because I just don't know I, I don't know where they are with all of this. And specifically the allegations and how comfortable they are painting him as the top guy on the show and all of those things. I don't know. I don't know where they are with that. If they're comfortable with it, I think it's what they're gonna do. If they're not, my argument would be they shouldn't be doing this match. So the fact that they're doing this match right. says to me that they better be comfortable with it and that's why I think it's what they're going to do. Um, abandoning the story that you've told that's been the overwhelming story that you've been told for a year 
I, I, I'm not okay with that. Smells like the, the Drew McIntyre thing. That this is telling a story with Kevin Owens for months and months and months, and then just walking in, deciding you like another guy better, and so you force the difference. That story. The difference between that is Kevin Owens was far and away the most over guy in the company. Velveteen Dream has been the most over guy on NXT. He has been. I mean, period. it's, 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 it's not hard debatable. to say without a crowd. I don't know if that's. Uh, the case. I can remember when he returned and the crowd went fucking crazy. Yes, that, yes, that was four months ago. Yeah, but like you, but there's, there's no, no comparison. Basis for comparison. You I, can't I assume think, I, that he's I, less over because there's been no people. Like I feel, I feel like it. If but, I, if, but you would make the same argument for Keith Lee because you don't know what the fuck people say about Keith Lee because there's been no people for him either. It's right. not like he's had like, crowds and Velveteen Dream hasn't. Like no. I don't understand the different. I don't get it because I think that Keith Lee's story has been a lot less muddled. Then Vel- Velveteen Dream story, I feel, has been muddled. Keith Lee hasn't done shit. And that's months. exactly. He hasn't so been how muddled. How has his story been better? It's not his story has been better. His story hasn't been muddled. Like, that's my point. There's been no story. I, I, well, and three months from now, there could be. That's I, my point. You can I do mean, it. Okay, I will, I will take this side of the argument, though. You've got, muddled or not, you've got a guy you've been featuring in the main event versus a guy that's been essentially on idle for two months. I think the guy in the main event would be a little hotter. Well, and but I would go a step further than that. Like, I, it's so important. This you have told the story for so long. I, I, you can't bag again unless you have to. You can't bag this story just because you decide you like something else better. I, I that is Drew McIntyre. That's exactly what that is. Think, and again, I think Aaron has Aaron has the problem with Keith Lee that I have with Johnny Gargano, which is that like I'm willing to sort of. Not care about anything as right, long as right, my guy right. gets it's, the it's spot. Keith, and look, it's Keith Lee's that guy. great. It's, I mean, <laughs> look, if we were talking about this nine months ago, Keith Lee was the guy. He was not the guy in NXT. He was the guy in the whole company. For a minute. We're talking about that coming out of Survivor for, like, for like five minutes. Yes. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, that shows that they had thoughts of him, at the very least. We're talking about thoughts. Again, I, I had thoughts of what they should be doing with Keith Lee. Absolutely, 100%. And this is not a knock on Keith and, and Lee, by the way, who I think is the th- great. All the things that you just said, though, are also why I think he's going to Raw or SmackDown. Well, and, that, and you know, and both of these, both, I think Keith Lee or, it wouldn't shock me if one of those two is up. Keith Lee or Velveteen Dream. I mean, that's, that's I, I wouldn't be stunned by that either way. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I think it would be a mistake to tell a story for the better part of the year and then just toss it aside. I think that would be badass like I, I that to me is that's the bad and again they clearly are willing to do it we just talked about the fact they did it with kevin owens and then he went to drew mcintyre they, they plenty I mean, of they, times they've done it in nxt before they've done a mil- oh they, they, my god have <laughs> they ever done it in nxt they've done this a million times but i'm not going to suddenly pretend like it makes it good it doesn't it's bad it's bad when that happens you should have the story come to fruition you you told the story for an eternity and you're doing the match tell the story do it pull the trigger, and and whatever that means for Keith Lee. I don't know. I don't know that Velveteen Dream has to be champion for, you know, a year. I don't think I want that. But I don't just bag on it because I like something else, too. Um, the story that they I also, told. They also need to break their streak of every top, um, of all these top faces never getting the title in NXT and moving on. Somebody needs to have it, right? I don't disagree with that either. I don't. I mean, I I mean know. it feels like a thing that they sort of fell into where it's like they do all this work with with all these top faces. Right. It om- I mean, and you well, can't really you can't make it, the argument that it like helps them cuz we've uh, plenty of examples of NXT champions that have gone to the main roster and it hasn't at all, but I do think 
especially now, because you have to remember that all those people were also not in the USA Network era. You know, in the USA Network era, Adam Cole has essentially been the champion the entire time, right? He has been the champion the entire yeah. time. And, and honestly, I think part of that is simply, especially since it happens more often to faces, is that it's very old school booking, is that the, heel, the champion is going to be healed more often than not on NXT. Which is fine, right. but you've got to put someone over in the USA Network era because I think that's what speaks to the people that watch yep. Raw or whatever, not in the ways that we do, but in a way that they miss a week here. They miss 30 minutes of the show there. Um, those people need to see one of those guys as the champion to legitimize them for the future. I agree. I agree. All right. There you go. Those are our picks uh, for TakeOver in your house on Sunday night. All right. Um, uh, Twitters, at Brandon Linton, at the Aoster, at Glenn Clark Radio. That's that's what we've got. Uh, I'm still GlennClarkRadio.com. I mean, if, if you guys want to plug something. Nope. Okay. Uh, nope. <laughs> Maybe soon, though. Maybe soon. I, I like that. I like that. I like that. Oh, by the way, I am going. This is not my show, but I am going to a drive-in concert next week. Where is it? And I'll, I'll plug it just for the hell of it. It's not my show. I just want to stress that. I have yeah. nothing to do with it other than I bought a ticket and I'm going. Uh, at Benji's Drive-In. They're doing a concert. Is, concert? That's cool. This, so Mark Rebele, who is a indie dance artist. I don't even know how to describe him. He's very bizarre. Check him out. He's cool. I, I like him a lot. He's playing at Benji's. He's he's doing. He did the. He announced the first ever tour of drive-ins, and it's about six or seven dates. There's two nights in Bol- the Baltimore area. It's not technically Baltimore, but it's the ninth and the tenth of June, and it's kind of expensive. You know, I'm not going to get into the my critical. You know, <laughs> my criticism of how they're doing it, but I do want to go check it out, and I'm going to be doing that, and I will let you know. That's cool. If it's the future of the business. Spoiler alert, it's not. Yeah, no, but, I, I'm not, I don't think it is at all, but sure, yeah. I mean, at least in the moment when we can't do anything else, it's interesting. Yeah, it's I did interesting. like, uh, I saw some, I think it was a California wrestling company today drive in wrestling show where basically you just surrounded a ring with your cars. I, I mean, I didn't know that Benji's had the capacity to do it. I mean, uh, if they do, I think it's dope, right? Like, I, first of all, Benji's is something that's existed in my life forever. Like, the drive in movie theater has been a big deal to me. Like, I found out that my wife had never been to a drive-in movie theater. I was like, "What? What?" And I just, you know, when you're when you're so close to one for such of your life, like you don't realize the fact that in most of the country anymore, there there are none. Um, but so, by the way, how many do you think there are in the state of Maryland? I, it's the only one left. I know that. And and it's it's interesting because when the governor was, you know, starting to relax some of the restrictions, right. They were lumping them in with the other, other movie theaters, theaters. Yeah, and they sort of had to raise their hand and say, hey, like yeah, we're right, here. Right, correct. Like, we, we, we need exist. different rules, yeah, and, and they obliged, and they're allowed to open, and it, it'll be a very interesting experience. It, it, and but, it's, it's one of my favorite uh, things, by the way. Like, I, it, it bothers the hell out of me because they like, don't I, do... I've never been there, by the way. Oh, so. oh it's, like, it's like, look, it's just a drive-in movie theater, but I've got a lot of like fond memories. Because, again, it was a really big part of my life growing up because it's not, it's not very far from where I grew up. I mean, it's like... 15 minutes from where I lived uh, when I was a kid. Is so technically middle river. Yeah. I mean, it's technically yeah. it's, it's over by the water. Um, but it's, it's a nice little area. There's a really nice restaurant by, uh, right there. I mean, like it's a, of course you can't go there. I don't know. Maybe they have some outdoor seating. I have no idea what they're doing. Um, but it's a cool, it's a cool thing. It's a really cool thing. And I've, I've, I've wanted to get back to a drive in this summer, even to watch old movies. I think somebody told me that like, there's a drive in, uh, somewhere that's just like running the sandlot every week. I'm like, dude, I, to see the sandlot at a drive in, <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, so that's cool, and I hope that uh, I hope that one day there will be more to plug. 
Uh, AJ at AJ Francis 410 as well. Follow him. Thanks again to Caprice Coleman. That was just unbelievable. Just really, really great stuff. For uh, Aaron, for Brandon, and for the main event. Vent. 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 Vent, 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 vent. AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Black Lives Matter. Fuck racism.